0: And now, introducing two guys that Pressbox found off the streets, because, let's face it, if Glenn Clark can do it, any idiot can do it. I'm Paul Valley. he's Ken Zalis, and this is Glenn Clark Radio, and no, folks, do not adjust your screens. I am not Glenn, he is not Glenn, though their names do rhyme. We're taking over GCR while Glenn is on assignment.
1: Ken, how are you this morning? I'm wonderful today. It was a good sports weekend. You know, lots of lots of interesting things outside of the NFL. I'm sure maybe we'll get uh, into them as, as we go along. But uh, you know, all things considered, sun's out. It's not two degrees outside. It's not snowing. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. I think that we're. Um, I always start start the bat around
0: on Saturdays talking about the weather, um, and because I I hate the winter, Ken. I I, I, I do too. It's <laughs> like I'm I'm usually a morning person. I usually like to get up and and. You know, move around and start getting things done. It is so hard to get out of bed when it's this damn cold out. But it's going to be like 52 degrees on Thursday. It's going to be raining, but beggars can't be choosers. So it's going to be uh,
1: a little bit warmer for us out there. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. yeah have a good weekend, man. Yeah, it was great. You know, um, watched a bunch of tennis. You know, uh, I know Glenn's usually the tennis guy. I like tennis. I'm not into it like he is. But uh, Nadal with uh, epic comeback, five-setter, uh Twenty first uh, major. That's a, a big story. Got to watch some soccer. Watch the United States do what the United States does, which is lose to Canada apparently recently. <laughs> um, and then again, we got two really good football games. They didn't start that way, especially in the in the Kansas City Cincinnati game. But uh, I when your team's out. And believe it or not, folks, my team is actually the Ravens. I'm accused all the time of not being a Ravens fan. Um, I just want to be entertained. I, w- yeah. I just want to. I just literally want to be entertained. I don't want to. Uh, I, I don't want to watch bad football. And you know, for for two weeks now, I mean, my God. You, you can't ask for anything better than it's what been, we've gotten from the NFL. So many people were up in arms
0: after that, that wild card round about how there shouldn't be seven seeds. Look at these games. You had four blowouts in that first weekend of football games, and you have some of the best football that we've seen all year the last two
1: weeks. like You, you can't ask for more than what we've gotten in the last two weeks. No. I, look, I mean, anybody that's – upset that you get to see more football i don't care if they're blowouts or not it's football exactly you know make make, make it make it eight teams next year so nobody gets a first round but I, I don't care i just want to see good good games and you know i always took it as this way like the seven seeds sometimes you'll get a seven seed and it didn't happen necessarily this year but uh i guess it, it sort of did with with, with um but but you know, sometimes teams struggle early and then they're on a roll. And you don't when you get that seven seed that that's won five six games in a row. Are we really upset that they made the playoffs? We want to see those teams in the playoffs. So yeah. so yeah, and then and then I mean they've just been such good games. And um, you know I I I I do not I I commend whatever Cincinnati did on the defensive side of the ball. And I guess ultimately deciding that we need to go after Mahomes a little bit more and and try to get him on the ground was was the deciding factor. They really didn't do a whole bunch of that in the first half. But uh, whatever their ultimate, you know, um, change at halftime, that's to be commended because that was a different team. Pat uh, Pat Mahomes looked like like somebody took over his body at halftime because he was literally unstoppable until – the end of the first half where for some reason they decided, oh, we don't need three points. We'll just, you know, let the clock run out and try to score a touchdown and and um, didn't work out for him and, and cost him. But, but he was just he was just off. He wouldn't he wouldn't take, I guess, whatever the Bengals were giving up, because against Kansas City, you got to give up something. Yeah, you can't stop everything. Um, he was like a different. You know, quarterback altogether in that second half. It was
0: it. It was definitely uh, a tale of two halves for the Kansas City Chiefs, because in that first half, their first three drives, they go down, oh they, they score touchdowns. That fourth drive, like you said, they get down inside the five-yard line. There's 13, It's funny, because there were 13 seconds left last week, yeah. and he goes down two plays, gets the game-tying field goal. 13 seconds left inside the five-yard line, and they can't get in the end zone. Nope. Not only do they not get in the end zone, they don't get points because they throw a play that stays inbounds, doesn't yeah. get in the
1: end zone, and the clock runs out with no timeouts. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you got people on Twitter talking about Andy Reid, and this is, you know... When he loses and he doesn't, you know, look, he's he, he he can't say he doesn't lose a lot. I mean, they're they're in the AFC Championship for the third straight year. But when they do lose, it he, he always you always kind of say, well, this is what Andy Reid does. He doesn't know when to not be ultra aggressive. He doesn't know when to use clock and run the ball. And and they got away from the run. They were running it well. Um, you know, both McKinnon and, and edwards hilaire were averaging almost six yards a carry, and then really didn't see a whole bunch of edwards Hilaire in the second half at all. Um, and he was pretty effective in his limited time in the first half. And it just, it, it just, you got away from it. And and look, Cincinnati with those weapons, eventually they're going to get you. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, we can we can bemoan that they're in the same division as the Ravens, but you know, Joe Joe Burrow, and we've seen this a lot. He's tough to root against. He really is. I mean, yeah. he's, he's, he's. I mean, going back to his college days at LSU, I mean, he's a tough guy. To, he seems like he's a good dude. Seems like you know he's not over the top. He's not a me guy. Um, and that offense is tough to shut down. They have weapons all around the field, and uh, eventually those things you know come back. And uh, you know the two escapes. That oh, Joe 0-37. Burrow made, yep. Um, you know, to to get out of sacks. I mean, really. I mean, you look back at it; it's a difference in the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, he doesn't convert either one of those, and 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 th- they don't make the epic comeback and win it in, in in overtime. And you know, here we are. And then you look at the NFC game and <sighs> weird game, we Weir- really weird game. I mean, uh, uh, San Francisco didn't have the ball in the first half. Yeah, and they're up at halftime. Right. It's just it was just wild, and you know I, I, and seemingly, you know the Rams for especially in the first half went up and down the field. It will, Um, you know the interception, the throw was behind bad pass should have been a touchdown uh, from Stafford a little bit behind Cup, but you know I mean what the turnaround for uh, Odell. And what he's meant to that offense, especially when Robert Woods went down, mm. um, and Cup is just—he's just amazing. He's, 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 he's absolutely just, incredible. He's just—I could—I could sit there and just watch, like just watch his routes and just watch how he plays football. And he doesn't get enough credit for the blocking that he does. He's just—he's—he's he's unstoppable right now, and. Uh, you know this. It should be a good Super Bowl. I, I just yeah. hate that it's two weeks away. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's always how it goes, man. I you know. get you get the
0: fluff that is the Pro Bowl in between. Uh. But yeah, no, we we talked about it last week. Glenn and I did. Uh, we did a little hit for Fanduel uh, to play before the game was on Sunday. And we talked about how one of the big things for the Rams was opening up Odell Beckham Jr. Mm -hmm. And his first two games against the Rams this year, um, I mean, not against the Rams, against the 49ers with the Rams this year, both games he had two catches for 18 yards. Four catches, 36 yards in, in two games. Gets into the playoffs. He has, what is it, 29 catches? For I'm I'm sorry, 19 catches for 236 yards goes off last night for nine catches for 113 yep. yards. He was a difference. He helped them move the chains. Now Cooper Cup, of course, he's great over oh, 140 yeah, yeah. No, yards, no, no. two touchdowns. Well, he's always going to get that. But every, but, every but that's Cooper Cup. Yeah. You don't win that football game if you're the Rams if Odell Beckham doesn't have the game that he had.
1: You don't. And 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 you know the other thing and the guy it's not going to get it as much run. But the 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 backup tight end, the the kid Blandon was was fantastic once Higby went out um, you know I, I don't know what he what his numbers wound up but he it seemed like he had four catches that were just in critical third down situations mm-hmm. move to change but him and Odell having those extra guys that that besides cup is just you know and and I, I'm happy for Stafford. I, I know he gets a lot. People just really don't like that guy, but he suffered in Detroit for a long time. And yeah. people will say, "Well, he had Calvin Johnson." He had well, yeah, he did, but that's all he had. He had no the running game, in the no defense, they, they had nothing. They never put an offensive line around him in all his years there. And he was always a good quarterback. I mean, he always threw. For yards and and people would say, well, they were always behind by twenty points every game. It's like, well, yeah, but he still got to complete the passes. Um, and I'm happy for him. I, I I just again won a good game. Can't wait for the halftime show. Which the halftime show was going to be longer because people are going to be disappointed. The halftime show simply because it's not long enough. I, I don't think mm-hmm. you'll be disappointed with what's happening on the on the on the field uh, with the show. But it's just not going to be you know the fifteen to eighteen minutes that they get just. With that lineup, it's just not going to be enough.
0: And it, and it's the one sporting event where your eyes are glued to the TV even during the commercial break. Yeah, yeah it's, yeah, it's an exciting time. The Super Bowl is one of the it's one of the most fun days of the entire year. Now if you were a betting man, you probably weren't betting at any point this year you were going to see Matthew Stafford against the Cincinnati Bengals this year, but if you were you probably could have done it over at uh, Live Casino and Hotel. Uh, You could go to the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook, which is now open, like I said, at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland, and bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all the action from the best seat in the house, and reserve your spot to watch that big game, the Rams with Matthew Stafford against Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals in the FanDuel Sportsbook. You can do that Right now, by emailing events at sportssocialmd.com. Uh, tell them Glenn and Paul sent you. You probably won't get anything for, it, but
1: you know, just just say hi. I oh, don't no. know. I oh, don't know. Maybe after today, you you know, the Glenn Glenn may be a big wheel. Yep. There, so. Yeah, yeah.
0: Glenn, Glenn is Glenn is out on assignment, as we said, um, basically out there trying to get get a little PR going for PressBox and for Fandle. So, Godspeed to that man as uh, we take over the helm here. Yeah, we were talking about uh, Pat Mahomes. Again, it was a story of two halves. He went from Patrick Mahomes in the first half to looking like Sam Darnold in the second half. They had seven drives, if you include overtime, four punts, two interceptions. He was sacked four times, three of which came on third down. One of them pushed him way back. They still got the field goal, but he almost fumbled that ball away. I don't know that I've ever seen Patrick Mahomes play that poorly in a game in his career
1: well I, I won't go that far I, i'll I'll take you to like weeks eight through 12 this year fair and, enough and uh and say that's the guy that that's the team that we saw that's the team that we were worried about when when you know they got off to a good start and they were you know things like that and then then weeks like I think it's either seven through twelve or eight through 13 like they only averaged like a little over 12 points a game. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, you know, I get into the, the fantasy just a little bit. Like he was awful. Like like we t- you talk about in fantasy league losers. Like he was a league loser. Like if you took Patrick Mahomes in your fantasy team when you needed him the most, he was a dud for like 4 weeks in a row. Um, probably go back to some of my articles where I do the duds, studs and duds for the week that was. He probably made the list three out of four weeks because he was just awful. So this is – they kind of reverted back to, you know, if it wasn't Hill or Kelsey, uh, you know, we don't have any other choice. And and that's what it sort of turned into. Uh, they, they would look, you know – and I can't blame them too much. And I think the biggest thing, again, is they got away from the run game. But, you know, your first look is either Hill or Kelsey, and your second look is either Hill or Kelsey, whichever one was your first look. And the Cincinnati pass rush, as you said, finally got to him by the time he was getting to his third look, and he was, you know, running for his life. And you know, you, you kind of take the good and the bad with Patrick Mahomes. Instead of taking a seven-yard sack, when you sack Patrick Mahomes, sometimes ten to fifteen yards because he's trying to a- a- avoid the sack. And you look back to the first half; he did it and it turned into touchdowns. Right. So, you know, you can't really argue with with him trying to be elusive. But, but yeah, I. I the, them getting away from the run game and the fact that it seemed to me in the first half that they were just trying to keep Mahomes in the pocket and not really going after him and not really bringing their pass rush, which has been good all year. Mm-hmm. Hendrickson, Hendrickson has been a, a really good find for them um, this year, and they finally let that loose, and, and you, you see what that does. It only, it only uh, took a couple of times to, to push them back. Um, and give Joe Burrow more opportunity with the with the football. So, um, you know, kudos to the, to the Bengals. I I'm not rooting for them. I'm not rooting against them. I just I, I've said all year. I thought the Rams were the best football team. And once they kind of went all in, as uh, people are saying, and you know, trade away every draft pick that they have for this century. Uh, um, but they got to the Super Bowl, and if they win it, it it's all worthwhile. Yeah, they don't
0: have. A, they haven't. They haven't had a first round draft pick since they took off in twenty sixteen. Yeah, yeah. And they don't have. They don't have one until twenty twenty four.
1: I was gonna say twenty twenty four or something like that. And, and look, I mean, uh, the the proof is gonna be. Look, you went all in. It took a little while for it all to get together and and everybody on the same page. But you look at the guys that they brought in. Uh, they're making. Uh, they they're they're making those deals worthwhile. And now that you got to a Super Bowl. Whether you win or not, they were worth it at this point. Um, you, you can't go. You can't go back and, if you happen to lose the Super Bowl and say, "Well, it wasn't worth it," well, you never get to the Super Bowl. You don't. You never even get to push all your chips into the middle of the table, as they say, mm-hmm. without making those moves. And um, saw somebody. Uh, you know, I don't know how much you pay attention to Ravens Twitter, which has been so much fun. For yeah, we're a, we're gonna talk about for, that a little bit. So later. much fun for this past week, but it's like you know, people are gonna. Start talking. Well, why don't the Ravens do that? Well, I mean, you're looking at one team that's done it. I mm-hmm. mean, there there are multiple ways. Cincinnati has been horrible for over a decade, and when you're when you're picking, when you have a top five pick every single year, you know, look how long it took them. But they right. finally hit on the quarterback. They, you know, the last year the big discussion was, you got to protect. Uh, uh, a burrow, and and do you take you know we love Chase as a prospect, but do you take the offensive tackle versus versus Chase? Uh, you know I think both things were true still to this day. You know you look at how many times he's been sacked. You looked at uh, the the divisional game um, against the Titans. Um, you know both things can be true sometimes, but now you're going to have the opportunity if you're the Cincinnati Bengals you're young at at the at the right positions and you can go and attack that offensive line and improve that.
0: Well, get him back to the Rams here for a second. Like we said, we kind of they mortgaged their future to to make this well, Super Bowl run. And well, to least, a degree to, to a degree, to a degree, right? And you look at this team now, this was how much of it was this is a must-win game to get to the Super Bowl? How much of it is, is is the Super Bowl a must-win for them because of the fact that you made all these moves you should be there and if you don't win it now look we know there aren't a ton of rams fans in la they've only been there for 5 years right but how much of this is we have to win this now because of what we've done to this fr- franchise moving forward
1: um i i i i, I want to say that any team that gets to the super bowl it's a must win game yeah. because yeah. you know if you're the cincinnati bengals is it any less of a must-win now? Do you feel better if you lose the game because of what you have? Yeah, but there's no guarantee you get there. I mean, the AFC is loaded, and it's loaded for years to come. You got a lot of young quarterbacks in this league that that will make it very exciting for for you know hopefully the next decade. But there's no there's no assurances. I mean, you look at you know I know you go way back, but you look at Marino um, getting to his one Super Bowl. They don't win it, and he never gets there again. So uh, I think that's a real thing. I think that's what the coaches, any good coach is gonna, is going to promote this over the next two weeks. It's like, look, let's let's enjoy this for a week. You know, let's get our work done. But this is a business trip. Like, like we're not we're not happy to just be here. You can't just be happy. You can't assume that you'll ever get back again. When you're there, you go to win the game. Now. For the Rams, like you said, yeah, I mean, it's must win that, that that's easy to say. I don't know, look, you got a lot of young people um, on, on your team. I mean, like you look at, I don't think the windows as, as open as a as Cincinnati or maybe some other teams, but the NFC's in transition. I mean, you, 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 we'll get to the Brady stuff, uh, who's apparently still not retired. It's um, <laughs> a weird as thing as going d- on. You know, you know, Brady likes to orchestrate everything. Um, we don't know what's happening with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the Packers have been the number one seed for the last two years. Uh, you got a Rams team that offensively looks like they're they're together for a while. Um, you don't know if they're going to sign Beckham, but you assume Robert Woods comes back. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, Robert Woods is a really good football player. Um, they like what they see out got out of Van Jefferson this year. You, you got a, a healthy run game coming back. Your offensive line is pretty intact. On the defensive side of the ball, I think you still need to add a couple of pieces here and there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you – they did go for it, and they they said we'll figure out the draft picks later, and we'll figure that all that out. But if getting to the Super Bowl makes it worthwhile, yeah. Now 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 you just got to go and play, and 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 you know. But but I I just say it's no more must win for them than it is Cincinnati. I well, guess you. But if you look at Cincinnati;
0: they're kind of on the other end of things here, oh, where yeah. they've won six games of previous two seasons mm-hmm. combined. And they weren't supposed to be there. Now they're they're arguably the hottest team in football. They go out, they win the AFC North, they beat the number one seed, they beat the number two seed, they get into the Super Bowl. They're playing with house money. How can you bet against them at this point?
1: Well, because I think the other team is a better team over from 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 both sides of the ball. So, but yeah, they are. Look, again, it's one of those things. It's like. how do you? How are you doing this with a with a quarterback that's been sacked more than any other quarterback? And even in the, even in the playoffs, <coughs> he's been sacked. Uh, we saw the nine against Tennessee. I think he was only sacked three times yesterday, and he got miraculously got out of two of them that just saved the game. Um, but yeah, you you sort of are playing with house money. But I, I just look at it this way: once you're there, there's I go back to it. You're never, ever guaranteed to get there again. Um, you know, if you go back, if you go back to when even the Ravens won their last Super Bowl and you knew you were losing, you know different people, you just never imagined you weren't getting there ever again. Um, not that they won't ever get, but you right. you didn't imagine it would be this long before you were even had an opportunity to play there. So once you're there, you know uh you know you, you wanna take advantage, like I said, you wanna wanna enjoy it. I mean this is the second time for the Rams coaching staff being there. I think they'll be able to to let people know, look, we're not happy to be here um but I think that's you gotta protect on that um from the Cincinnati side, enjoy your accomplishment twenty four hour rule. but uh then you gotta get back to work and 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 worry about the two week layoff and how to handle that and and not lose what you've been doing successfully over the past uh, month, really.
0: Yeah, and now joining us to talk more about it, he used to play tight end for the Baltimore Ravens. He is Daniel Wilcox. Dan, it's Paul, it's Ken filling in for Glenn today while Glenn's out on assignment. How are you this morning?
2: Paul and, and Ken, good morning, fellas. I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me on. Thanks for coming on with us today, man. Did you ever
0: think that you'd say the words, Matthew Stafford against the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl.
2: The way this season was going, man, I I did think I was going to see this. You know, I I didn't put it past either one of these teams to get there. And what I try to explain to my kids all the time is that every team in the NFL is a phenomenal, great team. It's just about who has the best chemistry and who's going to put the most work in, you know, day in and day out to become the best that year. You know, it's not guaranteed that Brady is going to be in the Super Bowl every year. He just outworked everybody else. You know, more than everybody else was willing to put the work in. You know, most people get so satisfied with winning the AFC or NFC Championship or just getting to a Super Bowl that they forget the type of work that they put in to actually get there. Or, or, or you know, some people never see it at all. You know, so I'm super happy that Matthew Stafford, the Georgia boy, you know, got a chance to to finally get into a Super Bowl, considering he played all those years in Detroit. I never sniffed one. You know, it just, it just goes to show you, man, just put being in the right place, you know, with the right staff and the right teammates and the right energy and focus around you, man, anything
1: possible. So what, what are these two weeks like now? Because, you know, you look at – you look at the coaching staff for the Rams. They, they This is their second time with this coaching staff playing in the Super Bowl. But, but a lot of their guys have not been, including Stafford, including Obell, Odell Beckham Jr. And then you look at the other side. In Cincinnati, this is probably new for... of of this. Uh, How do you you prepare for this, you know, we're on a roll and not to lose that because they, like you say, I mean, we talk about teams of destiny and things like that, but they're playing uh, their best football right now, and I I bet, you know, both teams would rather it be next Sunday versus the two-week layoff.
2: Absolutely. I mean, having that week off is well needed because you get guys back that was banged up a little bit and was kind of beat up a little bit, but this is kind of like proposing to your wife right now. You know, it, it's that moment of excitement. This is about the closest thing that you can get to turning into a female as a guy. You're going to have these moments where you're just going to be screaming and be like, oh, my God, we're going to the freaking Super Bowl. It's like the wife, you know, when, she, when you propose to her and she starts screaming like, ah, I can't believe I'm engaged. I'm, in, I'm going married. You know, so it's that same type of feeling, man. You, you got so much excitement and adrenaline running through your body. And practice is, everybody practices on a hop. Like, everybody is super excited at practice. You know, juices are flowing. Everybody's rejuvenated. You know, you just feel fresh for some reason, man. It just makes you feel like, it's like you're like a Disney princess right now, ready to go ready to go to Disneyland, man. It's, just, it's crazy. It's no, it's no greater experience than knowing that you got two weeks to prepare for one game, and this is going to be the most important game of your life. And you got a great staff. You know, you got great players all around you on the offensive and the defensive side of the ball. And you know this thing is in your own hands. It's in your destiny. You don't want to be the one to put your team at jeopardy of not having a chance to win this particular game. So everybody's going to be extremely focused. It's also going to be a kind of relaxed feeling because it's it's a sense of nostalgia. You know, you're here now. You worked all year long, all off-season long, all summer long. You did everything you can to be in this predicament, and now you're here. You know, so you will relax a little bit because there's going to be so many festivities leading up to this game. You know, the flight out to where you're going to play at. L.A. is already at home, so they ain't got to go nowhere. You know, but it's media week, you know, so you're going to be in front of the cameras every freaking day. in before camera, after camera, that first week of practice, is going to be a little light, a little chill. That second week of practice is going to be really, really turned up. I mean, it's going to be a very fun two weeks for these guys. They're going to be going to the red carpet events. They're going to be doing all types of stuff, man. The team's going to have all different types of things set up for them. I remember getting rental cars. We all had rental cars. We was able to spend time with our families as they flew into town. And we went to the Super Bowl with Tampa Bay. And um, and it was just a great experience, man. You know, it really was. Once your family come in town, you, you go to work during the day and evening, get a little free time before you got curfew back in your dorm rooms. Some teams will get their kids curfew. I mean, get their players curfew earlier, and some of them won't, you know. So it just depends on how it goes. and. And um, I think this would be a great week for both of these guys to experience something they've never experienced before.
0: You're saying that you, you get the opportunity maybe to go to Disneyland after you go to it, but the Bengals have to already feel like they're there. There's certainly a Cinderella story, winning uh, just two games, two years, their worst record in football. Last year, the highlight of the season was beating the, the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday Night Football. Fast forward to this year, they go out, they win the division. Now they beat the one seed, they beat the two seed. They're in the Super Bowl. Joe Burrow is going to be a problem for a long time, and so is the Cincinnati Bengals
2: team, aren't they? You know, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. You know, it's one of those things like when Wink Martindale said that, you know, you can't get a guy a gold jacket yet, right? Right. You know, it's only one or two years he's been in the league, man, but you definitely see the potential. You know, just like Patrick Mahomes, you saw the potential, you know, one, two years in the league, he's in the Super Bowl. Same thing with um, with my guy out in Seattle, you know. Um, Russell Wilson. What's yeah, Russell Wilson was it, Russell it, Wilson. Wilson. Wilson, Wilson, yeah. Russell Wilson, just like Russell Wilson out of Seattle. You know, when he came in, you know, he took the lead by storm. But you see how, how hard his battle has been to try to get back to the Super Bowl after those two back-to-back. You know, it's been extreme pressure for him to try to return back to greatness. I mean, we, we thought he had it this year. In the last couple of years, the name's been the MVP talks. You know, so, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Joe Burrow, man. I, I'm definitely excited for that young man's career and hope, and, and, you know, you, you can see the tide turning. You know, you see all these young quarterbacks coming up, to like Josh Allen, you know, um, Burrow. You see all these guys starting to show up. And they're making plays, man, you know, week in and week out. It's good to see a young quarterback in the Super Bowl this early in his career. And I, and I hope this is a good sign of greatness for that man and, and that he goes on to become a Hall of Fame-type player like a Tom Brady would.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you, you kind of just mentioned it. I mean, you, we, we were talking about it a little bit before you came on. You look at the AFC right now, and, and we talked about, you know, or, or, is Cincinnati happy to be there? And I was like, you know, you, you better just not be happy to be there. You better take advantage and say, let's go win the game. Because you do have Patrick Mahomes and, and the Chiefs, and you have Josh mm-hmm. Allen and and the Bills, and you have Lamar and the Ravens, and you have Herbert and and, and the the Chargers. I mean, the AFC, as far as the youth – at quarterback and how they've turned around teams, Uh, this could be fun for about a decade, the next decade. You never know who's going to be in this this position. And the Cincinnati, as great of a story as it is, maybe you're never there again.
2: Right. That's very true. You know, it's very true. Like, I remember my rookie year in the league, and I remember Herman Edwards was my head coach in New York with the Jets. And we was in a team meeting before the season started. We already went through training camp. I already went through all that, and we had already selected the team who was going to be on the team, who was going to be on the practice squad. And we would sit in the team meeting, and before the, before the meeting started, he stood up in front of everybody, and he said, Good morning, men. He said, I need your attention right quick. I want to know who in this room has has um ever been to a playoff game. And it was like maybe 20 people raised their hand. And this is a room of like 70 guys, like 20 people raised their hand. How many of y'all been to the second round of the playoffs? Like 15 people raised their hand. How many of you guys been to an a AFC or NFC championship game? Like five people raised their hand. And he was like, how many of y'all been to the Super Bowl? Nobody raised their hand. I mean, this is what a Vinny Testaverdi in the room had been playing for 20 years. Yeah. You know, on his 18th season, I think, at the time. And I'm sitting there thinking like, wow, this dude been in the league 18 years and he's never been to a Super Bowl, and he's a first-round pick quarterback. Like, when you bring these guys in, you expect them to change the whole complexity of your franchise. And you don't realize, like, how hard it is just to make it to a playoff game because we take it for granted so easily, right? You know, now they added an extra game, so that gives guys an even better opportunity to put themselves in position to make it to a playoff. You know, so – To be where Joe Burrow is right now, I mean, is a freaking phenomenal experience. But it's also, it could be the gift, it could be the curse. You know, it depends on what kind of mindset Joe Burrow has and what kind of tenacity he has and what kind of character he has as a person. I mean, nobody expected Tom Brady to be Tom Brady. You know, you heard the scouting report. They they won't ever let it die down, you know, because they want you to know that you can't judge a book by its cover. You know he's the ultimate of a book by its cover, you know book, you know. So it just it's it's such a cool experience, man, for a young man like Joe Burrow to get an opportunity to get into a Super Bowl this early. The the question is going to be can he win it, and then the next question is going to be can he do it again.
0: Yeah, for, and for a guy like Joe Burrow, like you said, he gets there in his second year. You look at a guy like Matt Stafford, he's in his 13th year. He gets to raise both those hands that you were talking about. Now as he's going into the Super Bowl. This, the reason that they went out, that the Rams went out and traded for Matthew Stafford is to get them where they are right now. They knew something that the rest of us probably just didn't know, that Matt Stafford was that guy to get them there. Did you know this was possible when they made that trade last January?
2: Absolutely. As soon as they traded for Matthew Stafford, I was like, boy, they just, they don't even know. Because Matt was the ultimate team leader over there. His best, his best receiver he ever had was Calvin Johnson. And he retired early on him. You know, he never had another shot since then. I mean, it's kind of like they, when Calvin retired, it like deflated the entire team. You know, they just never really recovered from that. Right. You know, but Matt had always been Matt. And you saw the way he got the ball to Calvin Johnson. I mean, Calvin Johnson came out and took the league by storm, you know. This was a guy that didn't catch many balls in the college at all. And all of a sudden, he's one of the premier, if not the premier receiver in the entire league for a couple of years until he got banged up and beat up and decided to shut it down. And um, it, just, it, goes, it goes to show you, man, like everybody in this league is great. And you can't close your eyes on them. It's really about – re- I really, honestly, truly believe this in my heart because I'm a prime example of it as well. You know, I bounced around the league for like three years until I got to Baltimore. And Brian Billick looked me in my eyes and said, man, you know, the problem is nobody knows what what position you should play. You know, he was like, you know, in New York I was a tight end, I was a fullback, I was a, you know, they just kept moving me back and forth. Like, you're a fullback this week. Next week you're a tight end. Next week you're a receiver. You know, and when I got to Tampa, it was the same thing with Gruden. When I got to Baltimore, Brian Billick said, man, you're an H-back. Hands down, you're an H-back. Like, nobody even has that position in the league no more, but you're bringing it back. He looked me right in my eyes and said, you're going to be our starting h back.'" I was like, what's an H-back? He says, half of everything. He says, you got the ability to do it. Your size is the in-between size. You can run. You can catch. You can make plays. You're a game changer, but you're going to be an H-back for us. And I started for for the Ravens for five years as an H-back. You know, I'm still listed as a tight end, but he told me straight up to my face I was an H-back, and he found found a spot to play me, and, and and it helped boost my confidence. You know, I played special teams. I was a special teams captain in Baltimore. That's the same thing that happened to Matthew Stafford. He just got rejuvenated. By somebody bringing them in said that you're a Super Bowl quarterback,
1: and you're gonna help us get there, so let's bring it home a little bit and and talk about the Baltimore Ravens a little bit um you know i I don't know that you learn anything from a year like they just uh came came away from with as many injuries as they've had in playing with you know your your seventh and eighth and ninth string uh uh defensive backs um at the end of the season. But you know they, they, they decide to make a change uh, at at, uh, at defensive coordinator um, bring a bring a young guy back who had in in McDonald who had been uh, with the team prior goes to Michigan turns that defense around comes on comes back. Um, you know what? What do you make of the Ravens going forward? You, 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 they're always going to be involved in the in the championship run and things like that as long as Lamar is a member of the team. But you know how how do you, as an organization, what do you take away from a season like that just uh, just happened?
2: You know, I was a little bit disappointed with the wing firing. I really was, but Mike McDonald, I think, is a great hire for Baltimore. And the only reason I'm saying that, I think Baltimore is an extremely young team. You know, Wink is a little bit of an older guy. and Mike McDonald is a younger guy. He's already been on the staff. I mean, he's, he's he's a raven. He's always been a raven. You know, of course, he didn't get the job when Wink got it, but he stayed there. And I remember being up there doing the, the player personnel internship and saw Mac walking around, you know, saw him in the cafeteria just interacting with the guys. The guys really liked him a lot. You know, he's a high-energy guy. He's a young guy, so he brings a little bit more juice, I think, in. You know when he comes in. I think it's going to be a good opportunity for him to make a name for himself, and um, I think the players respect him, which I think is huge. And the Ravens did what they always do; they kind of hire within and promote within. So I think by bringing him back from Michigan, you know after spending one season there, then I, I think this was a good move for them because they bring in somebody that's familiar. You know to the players, it's not like it's somebody new. You're just showing them that that I mean this is just how football played this year, this season for him. It was the next man up. You know, Wink is gone. Next man up is Mike McDonald, and he's already a Raven in, 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 the, in the player's mind. You know, so it's not too much of a change. They already kind of know what his energy is. They know it's going to be an exciting defense because he's still sticking with the same format that they already played in Baltimore. You see the things that he did in Michigan with the Ravens' defense. You know, he altered some, you know, moved around, moved guys around a little bit, and he helped develop those players. And and that this 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 entire game, is based off, is really, 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 really based off confidence. You know, so he, what he did in Michigan was give those young players confidence that they can go be great. And they came from being like the 90, 90th ranked de- defense in the nation to top ten in the nation. I think they end up being ranked number eight in the nation this year. You know, so when you see that type of thing happen, such a drastic change, it just shows you that he went in there with confidence and he instilled his confidence into those players. And he believed in them. You know, when somebody believes in you and you already know that you can play this game because you don't get to where we are, to this level, without being able to play this game. But there's a level of confidence that is lost when you come in and you have to, you know, be subjected amongst all these grown men that's been playing for a long time as well. And now you realize you're just as talented as them and they're just as talented as you. And it's not really much separating the two. The only thing that separates you really is confidence. Knowing that you can go out and make the plays, knowing that you can go out and be physical, knowing that you can go out and make guys miss and, and catch touchdowns and get interceptions, it, that confidence is everything. You know, so I think, I think what Mike would do is he'll bring a lot of that energy and a lot of that positivity back to these guys. And he will believe in them when they won't even believe in themselves. And he's gonna, You're going to see some guys that's going to develop for him and play really, really well for him underneath the new regime, I think. I think it'll be a good change for the Ravens. And, you know, Harbaugh seems to really like them. That's important. You know, I think that was a little bit of what happened with Wink. I think maybe something happened throughout the season and they went on the same page. I don't know if it was this year, I don't know if it was last year or the year before or whatever, but I know how this thing goes, man. You know, it's a, this is a really, really buddy system type thing when it comes to hiring coaches because chemistry is really important. You want the chemistry of the coaching staff to be great so that it pours over into the players' That way the players' chemistry will be great.
0: Well, Dan, they, they fill one uh, coaching vacancy, and now they got another one to fill. Uh, the tight end's coach, Bobby Ingram, he's accepted an offer to become the offensive coordinator over with the Wisconsin Badgers. Again, leaving another vacancy here. You were, you're a former tight end yourself. What role did the tight end coach play in your career, and how big of a loss is this for the Ravens?
2: I think it's a big loss, man. I mean, my tight end coach, Wade Harmon, I felt like was the best tight end coach I had throughout the NFL. and That's not putting out any other coach I've had. But Wade was phenomenal. It was just like I was telling you, the confidence part of things, right? You know, Wade looked at me and saw who I was as a player as well. And then he put me in situations to be great. And that's what you have to do for your players. Like, you can as a coach, you have to be able to evaluate talent just like an NFL scout. And as you are evaluating the talent of your players, you got to put them in positions where they're going to be successful, not just for themselves to continue to build their confidence, but for you as well as a coach. Because when you put them in those situations, they excel and their confidence continue to grow, and they play harder and harder and harder for you. As they mature, they get paid more money, their families are more happy, they they have some longevity in their career. They don't have to bounce around so much, and the stability becomes extremely important to us. You know, so when you lose a coach, you know, like him and and, and the Ravens tight end core is so strong and it's so tight and it's such a tight knit group you know it hurts man it really does it hurts you know you never want to lose your coach especially if you flourished underneath them you know but this gives Wisconsin those Wisconsin kids the opportunity to better their program as well and that's what this thing is all about you know next man up next guy come in and, and elevate the, the, the last group and make the next group even better.
0: Yeah, it certainly has been uh, a mantra of the Ravens this year, especially next man up, and uh, they generally do a pretty good job of finding that next man. Dan, thanks so much for taking some time for us. Uh, we can follow you at Coach Wilcox on Twitter, correct? Absolutely. All right, what, what can we plug for you today?
2: Um, nothing really, man. Just, you know, IG is Daniel Wilcox, But um, that's pretty much it. You know, everything that I'm doing, I don't need a plug, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well,
0: we certainly appreciate you uh, taking some time for us this morning. We'll be talking to you uh, down the line. All right, you have a great day.
2: You too, guys. Y'all take care. All
0: right. That was Dan Wilcox, former Ravens tight end, uh, joining us on the program today. to Talk a little bit about the conference championship games and the uh, – um, the Ravens situation moving forward. Was there anything that he just said that stood out, that, that stood out to you there? I was interested to hear what he had to say about that t- about the tight ends coach and how important it is and how important those co- those position coaches are
1: to the players on the team. Yeah, I, I look. I mean, the the one good thing about you know the Ravens tight end you know room is that you know Mark Andrews is established and and he's one of the top tight ends in the league. Um, but, but it's always it's uh, you know anytime you get a new coach there they may do something slightly different than than you've been doing you know and and that's not necessarily saying that's a, a good thing or a bad thing. it's just it's just different. There's terminology, but you know the Ravens, like he said, usually usually hire from within. so I'm sure um, we'll we'll learn more. you know maybe there's somebody on the staff now that we don't re- readily know um that served in a assistant type position that'll come up but uh yeah you know it's always it's always tough uh you you lose that your sounding board you know in some cases a mentor so there it's always difficult whether it's any coach that there's a there's a change of a philosophy and you know especially if it's somebody that you don't have a a trust factor with automatically or maybe have never used as a sounding board or or seen how they coach you um there there's always that transition. But uh the good news is is that Mark Andrews is a is a veteran and, you know, the the rapport that he's had with all the quarterbacks, um, you know, with, with Lamar and with Huntley when he was in, um, shows that, that you know, uh, it, it won't it, it's a shame, um, but you feel good for uh uh Coach Ingram um, you know, moving up in mm-hmm. the world a little bit, and um, you know it'll be an adjustment no matter what. But for that particular um, a group, I don't think it's it's going to be devastating. Yeah, and, and Mark Andrews, he's an All-Pro tight end, one of the
0: best in football right now. Uh, my question for you is. Do the Ravens need to go out and find that third tight end? You know they had Nick Boyle, but he was injured most of the year. When he came back, he wasn't quite himself. Josh Oliver, we kind of th- hoped that he could come in and kind of fill the role that Hayden Hurst filled, but he uh, he played his way off the field, uh, so to speak, was losing time to Eric Tomlinson there basically halfway through the season. Do they need to go out and find that third tight end, especially with how much they want to run the ball when they get Dobbins and Edwards back?
1: I mean, I I think you you, you do depending on you know what they decide to do as as far as Boyle and card are are concerned um in coming back Uh, you know Tomlinson versus Oliver is such a such a weird thing because they're two completely different tight ends Oliver is is more Mark Andrews and and Tomlinson is more uh Nick Boyle so so it's like you know what are you trying to do Um, it depends on you know who's in the game and things like that but I I think I've always said this with the draft um, you know for a team that runs the ball as much as they do in a team that that uses utilizes tight end, two tight end sets as much as they do I think you're always looking to somewhere in the draft doesn't have to be early necessarily but always add depth to those two positions um if you're the Ravens uh just because you never know I mean look at the running back situation this year um you know uh they had some some young guys that really didn't work out but um you know, I, I think you want to add talent to that to that room um, in some aspect, and same thing at tight end. I mean, if if the unforeseen happens and and you you have to miss Mark Andrews for even a game, um, do you have that next guy? We saw it yesterday how important it is to have that next guy, um, especially a young guy uh, with the Rams yesterday when Higby went out, mm-hmm. the kid Bland stepped right in, and you know they really didn't miss a beat. They used him yeah. the same way. We haven't seen that with with the Ravens a whole lot at the tight end group. But you know, when you're when you're missing Boyle, you know you're missing Boyle. When you're missing Andrews, you know you're missing Andrews. Like there's no there's been no like one for one replacement that can right. do similar things to them. So I, I think I think yes, I think you, you have to continue to grow at those positions unless we see an overall philosophy change from the offensive end. Um, you know, maybe that's coming. Um, with the the amount of wide receivers that they they have now, that I think most people around Baltimore like the for the first time in in recent right. memory and for maybe recent ever recent off are are kind of um, okay if they don't take a a, a a wide receiver in this year's draft. Um, I think you you're confident with what you have in. No matter what you feel about the group, I mean you you like you like certain pieces of it. I mean I can't. You know, you have six guys right now that you're like, you know, okay. I mean, if they find a role for those guys, you feel pretty good about it. But I think you still have to at some point in the upcoming draft or free agency, however you decide to attack it, uh, need to find some some tight end depth.
0: Yeah. And as we all know, well, far too well from this season, injuries happen. So it would be nice to have a little bit of a contingency plan. Rolling right along here on the program. Ken, what's our show brought to us by You
1: know, ExxonMobil, Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. You can visit your local Jiffy Lube service center and ask for Mobile One. All right, all
0: right. Uh, when we come back in, we're gonna get, we're gonna touch on Tom Brady. Is he retired? Is he not retired? Then we're gonna talk to Adelius Thomas, former Ravens All-Pro linebacker. He's gonna d- dive in on that and the conference championship games. That and more coming when we come back from the break here on Glenn Clark Radio.
4: is the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms.
3: Duffy's Garage is a family-owned and operated car care facility in beautiful Baldwin, Maryland. An authorized Maryland inspection station and NAPA Pro Care Center with ASE-certified techs. Tell them that Glenn Clark sent you and receive 10% off your service with a max discount of $150. You gotta trust where you take your car, so take it to where I take mine: Duffy's Garage in Baldwin. DuffysgarageMD.com. The latest issue
5: of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special annual Best Of Issue. On the cover, we celebrate Justin Tucker as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, honoring his historic on-field achievements, but also the unprecedented relationship he shared with Baltimore. Inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021, including Cedric Mullins' incredible season and the dominance of local Paralympic athletes. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of
6: the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out.
3: Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it.
6: The great Kurt Angle. Thanks
3: for having me on the show. I appreciate it.
6: And Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man.
3: The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh,
6: thank you for having me.
3: The great Ron Simmons.
6: Damn. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is
1: coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, welcome back. Glenn Clark Radio. Paul and Ken here on a Monday morning. Uh, We're brought to you by our good friends at Toyota. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience, and technology-advanced connectivity or sporty performance and aggressive styling, We've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. So,
0: some other big stuff happened in the world of football that wasn't related to the conference championship games, amazingly enough. uh, What's that? Tom Brady, amazingly enough, not related to the conference championship (laughs) games. It comes out on, was it Friday or Saturday? I believe it was Saturday.
1: Yeah, I believe
0: so. That... Tom Brady's going to re- going to retire. It's coming from Adam Schefter, and after 22 seasons, Tom Brady's hanging him up. And then it's whoa, 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 whoa! Let's hold your horses. Tom Brady immediately goes calls the Buccaneers and says, "Hey, I haven't decided
1: anything yet." Ken, what is going on here? TB12 brand did not like the fact that TB12 himself did not get to make the announcement on his own terms and the way he wanted to announce it. I think that is all it is. I think he is going to retire. Um, Unless a change of heart comes and he says, oh, I don't like how this was done. I didn't like that somebody leaked it. I'm going to show him. I'm going to come back one more time. I personally feel he is retiring. Um, I just feel like everything else that we've seen, about Tom Brady. He likes to do it in his way at his terms and and on his time. And um I think it is. I, I <laughs> the thing that got me the most is that he told people that he was retiring. And here here's how I know he told people. As soon as the announcement came, so many people that he's been associated with through the NFL had Instagram and Twitter and tweets ready to go congratulating him on his career. Robert Kraft, the New England Patriots, teammates, Julian Edelman. Like, this was instant. This wasn't like, oh my God, I didn't know about this. Mm-hmm. And an hour later, the, like, these were instantaneous and they were created things in many cases like they were on letterhead and they were fancy for Instagram and they were instantaneous people knew
0: oh absolutely
1: so he just wanted to announce it in his way and maybe maybe he was disappointed that he didn't get a chance to talk to the Tampa Bay brass and inform them before the media did um he's going to retire i I think you know uh they ran it back this year and they did everything they could to bring everybody back Mm -hmm. they can't do it anymore like the cap doesn't work um too many free agents to sign to bring that group same group back together um and it's probably a good time for him you know came back you know got his super bowl outside of new england Um, even through all the injuries at the end of the season, you know, this close to another Super Bowl, uh, another championship game, um, and maybe a Super Bowl, you never know. And, and, and he's going to retire, but he's going to, he's going to want to do it on his terms, the way, whatever way he feels that it should be orchestrated. And I think that's all the, 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 give and take is. And, and sometimes, unfortunately, the, the bad side of social media is everybody rushes to be first mm-hmm. instead of... Better to be first and to be right. Yeah, a- instead of being right and instead of realizing that, you know, this just doesn't affect Tom Brady, this affects other players. You know, you got to assume that Gronk retires as well because the only reason that Gronk was back was because Brady was there. You have to assume that, you know... Chris Godwin is probably going to play elsewhere um, after, unfortunately, he had an injury to finish the season. But you know they're they're not in a situation. And then you gotta wonder if if they give an opportunity to you know Kyle Trask, who they drafted in the second round um, last year, uh, to be the the next guy, and whether they feel he's ready or they go and you know go and. Get a veteran quarterback for uh, for a year or two. Maybe Jimmy G could be their quarterback mm-hmm. for for two years while they while they either see if Trask is the next guy or they draft somebody. But I think that's all it had to do with. And um, you know, uh, it's it, it's funny you spend you spend so much time hating a guy like Tom Brady because he's good, and and a lot of times that's what happens is when people are good and you can't beat them, you you wind up hating them. But you 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 eventually come around to respect and. Um, and realize that you, you've just lived through the greatest career of any quarterback in the history of the NFL, and and you know that's not a knock on anybody else. It's been great, mm-hmm. um, but that's just the reality. I mean, twenty one years, seven Super Bowl wins. I mean, you're 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 not gonna see that, and and never. I mean yeah we can point to yeah he played with Randy Moss but uh, you know and he had probably his best weapons overall in his two years in Tampa Bay Mm -hmm. when you think about it but there are lots of no names that he made into great players um, that you know the names of I mean Julian Edelman was floundering and before he 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 went to New England Wes Welker's a guy that we all remember and, and what what he did for him and then you know, a bunch of no-name wide receivers and tight ends yeah. of outside of Gronk that that they did it with. How many?
0: Um, he played with Randy Moss. How many Super Bowls did they win with Randy Moss? What
1: was it? Was it any or one? Zero. Or was it, it was, zero, yeah, it was yeah. zero. I know he good. had the record-breaking year with right. Randy Moss. They, they but, but but yeah, they but got there, but they lost. Yeah, you know. So you know, in what was that the catch? Or yeah, the, the catch? David Tyree yeah, catch. Yeah. yeah, the catch. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's just. I think it was good. It was good for everybody to see him out of New England because it was always like, well, is it him? Is it Bill? Is it the New England Mm -hmm. way? Is it because they cheated every time they had an opportunity to to cheat and whatever, whatever. If you're not cheating, you're not trying, whatever. Um, And it was good to see him go somewhere else and and have that success. And and even even today, you know, this year, it's like – you know you, you wish your quarterback had that kind of command over their offense and red defenses like he he still understands and mm-hmm. uh has the arm and the and the mental capacity at age forty five to do what he's done it's It's just amazing and and i think I think getting out when you can still play a little bit is probably the right way to do it
0: yeah you don't you don't want to end your career. Right. Like some other quarterbacks, yeah. I mean,
1: yeah. I mean, you don't want to be you don't want to be forced. Uh, his offensive line. I mean, Jensen is probably not coming back mm-hmm. um, to be the center. So, and I think there's another guy that's a, a free agent on that offensive line. That well. So then,
0: then what happens with Tampa Bay moving forward? Because you go from you were kind of treading water there. Jameis Winston had you competitive in games, but he kept giving the ball yep. away. And you're you're without Jameis. It, you literally just take Jameis Winston and you replace him with Tom Brady and you're a Super Bowl contender two years in a row. You win one of them, yeah. right? But now there's no Tom Brady. You have all these guys going in free agency. Do, does Tampa Bay kind of fall back to what we're used to Tampa Bay being before the last two years?
1: You know, uh, I think they probably do, and I think they probably should. I think I think that, you know, I know it's going to be tough for the coaching staff that's there um, because the coaching staff was put in the place to win Super Bowls and things like that, but I think a rebuild – is probably the smart way to go about it. I don't know. I don't know who. You know, you, you're going to lose so many guys. Yeah. Uh, from that team, I mean, you just are the way they. The way they structured everything, uh, they can't keep all these guys. They really can't resign many of the guys. Uh, even Brady retiring, I think he has a twenty-five million dollar cap hit this year um, on the books. You know, whether he retires or not. Um, you know, it is what it is. I think you probably have to go into a little bit of a rebuild mode. I, I don't know I don't know what outside of outside of Aaron Rodgers. Um I don't know that there is a, another free agent type quarterback that comes in and allows you to continue the run with whoever is remaining. Um, like I said, I think you know i i like oj howard i like cameron bright but they're not they don't have that same uh connection as as brady and gronk do so um chris uh godwin is a fantastic wide receiver um i don't know that they have a replacement for that guy i don't know that they have a a replacement for Leonard Fournette, who I believe is a free agent as well. They have two pieces of the offensive line. They have some pieces on the defensive line like like Sue and and guys that are free agents. I think there's a lot that's going to be turned over um, in Tampa Bay uh, without Tom Brady. And even if Brady remained, there was going to be a lot of changes. I I think this is the right time for him to get out, and I think it's the right time for – uh, Tampa Bay to kind of go in a little bit of a rebuild mode and not I don't think they can sustain what they've built over the last uh, couple years and
0: somebody who certainly knows a lot about Tom Brady he was an all-pro linebacker for the Ravens moved on to New England and got to play with uh, number 12 he is the Dalias Thomas and he's joining us here on Glenn Clark radio Dalias
1: it's Paul it's Ken how are you this morning I'm doing great guys how you guys doing doing fantastic uh you know, while we're, you know, on the break, we were talking a little bit about the uh, the currently not retired but soon-to-be retired, we assume, Tom Brady. Look, I mean, we, we, we've we heard all the accolades. We, we know all the numbers. But what's it like to be his teammate?
7: You know, Tom was um, a great teammate. You know, he worked hard first in, last out guy. Um, it's hard to not like him if you play with him. Uh, he competed. Um, but was a, a great leader. And so, like you said, it'll be interesting to see his side of him retiring, the whole he's retiring, he's not retiring, he hasn't said he's retiring. It's kind of been interesting because as much as Tom is on social media, uh, for someone else to say that he's retiring before he says he's retiring, um, it's kind of odd to me. And I was like, that's a fast decision. Uh, to be made by, with so much influence, uh, to be involved in it.
0: Yeah, well, and the other thing about it is, we assume, he said he wanted to play until he was 45. He's 44 right now. Now, look, I'm under the impression that Brady is going to retire. Um, However, it didn't come out the way that he wanted it to. But, if he decides, no, I'm not done yet, is he coming back to Tampa Bay? Or, I mean, Ken and I were just talking, Tampa Bay's team is not going to be the same by a a wide margin next year. Where is he going to play if he decides he still has another year or two left in him?
7: Yeah, you know, he can always pick up a challenge. Um, You know, he can always pick up a challenge by going somewhere, you know, trying to be a quarterback. He lost a lot, like you said, with Fournette, the Brown. I think his receivers, you got Godwin and Evans, and Evans, to me, is a little inconsistent. Godwin got hurt, but I'm not sure where he could go Um, and contend. He's not, I don't think he's, he's too old to be trying to deal with a a rebuild. He only has one at two, at most, I would say, years if he wanted to stay. And so, when you think about those and you look at these young quarterbacks is coming in and he needs to go somewhere where all they need is a quarterback. You know, they have all the other pieces kind of being there. Um, and where would that be? You know, when you think about it, you don't want to say the black and yellow team, but that would be the only place that you could go compete and have all the places pieces really there, you know? Uh, but other than that, I think he stays the temple. Because he likes Bruce Aaron. She gives him freedom to kind of do what he wants. He has nice weather, his family is there. To uproot them for one year, I don't see that happening.
1: Yeah, and why do you even put that in the universe, man? I mean I mean just having a good show and you put the you put that, that in the universe. You can't can't do those things in Baltimore, my man.
0: <laughs> um
1: I'm-
7: I couldn't hear you said it again.
1: I said, I said, why did you have to put the that that the only place he could go was that that black and yellow th- yellow thing? Uh, you know, you can't you can't do that in Baltimore. You can't put those those. Yeah,
7: those that th- was a, that was our the our Hawkeye.
1: You can't you can oh uh, yeah okay okay. I was like <laughs> you can't do that in Baltimore and, uh, and and put that energy in the universe. So you can't do can't do, can't do that to everybody. Uh, but 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 you're right. I mean I get your point. I mean he's not he's not going for a rebuild. He's got to go to some place that's established. But I, I I think you have a fair point. They like it in Tampa, the family's there and to to uproot or, or even be away from them at this point is not what his life is about uh with with his with his family and things like that. And if it is, you know, we were we were talking during the break, if it is the end uh, of of Tom Brady in the NFL, um, I'm just look you, when he's with the Patriots as a as a Ravens fan, you just absolutely hated him. But uh, eventually, you know, y- you gotta just respect what what he's done in his career, and to go to Tampa and still play at that level and to win a Super Bowl there. Um, you know we, 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 were, we were honored enough to to be alive, and you were honored enough to be able to play with the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL, and I think that's just how you got to look at it at this point if this truly is the end of his career.
7: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the first time I think we've ever witnessed so many reliable sources speak on his retirement. And then no, don't have and not have any kind of confirmation from him, and so who put that out there? I'm not sure, but you know you have Adam Scheffner and all these other guys that kind of usually, you know, that's their that's their thing. You know, they get news before everyone else in certain instances, but for his camp to be mute, his dad to say, you know, his retirement would come from him, and Tom is very active on social media, so to let someone else take that. There's something that's so important. Is um, it's it's just always it's just been very shocking to me to see it, and for it to be so fast. Like that was a fast determination uh, to me, and so um, it'll be interesting to see when he comes out if it is true, if it's not true, how it really, if he even addresses the issue that he had with it.
0: Yeah, it it was a quick turnaround there. No matter what, though, I think that uh, when we look back on Tom Brady's playing career, I think he's the one player you can look back on. You can actually call it the Tom Brady era. He defined an era of football. I mean, we're talking 21 seasons as a starter, 10 Super Bowl appearances, and seven championships. Somebody else who, if we look 30 years from now, we look back on it, we might be looking at the Pat Mahomes era. Uh, He seems to be on that path. Four straight AFC championship games all at home. The way he started that game yesterday against the Bengals, three touchdowns in his first three drives. Looks like they're going to punch it in for a fourth one, but the clock expires on them. Uh, That game yesterday, what happened in the second half that turned that game from a runaway for the Chiefs into the Bengals making a trip to the Super Bowl?
7: Well, to me, arrogance. Uh, Arrogance and lackadaisicalness of situational football. For Tariq Hill to catch the ball and not try to get out of bounds mm-hmm. on that issue. Or Mahomes should have threw it over his head so that it's just incomplete. That right there is like the football guys said. oh, you want to disrespect the game? We're going to show you something in the second half. It was just like from that point going forward, everything was just really Cincinnati. Um, Patrick Mahomes was not. He had guys open when he was holding the ball. And he wasn't—he wasn't very good in, in the second half.
0: Oh no! They, they had—he had seven drives in the second half in overtime, uh, four punts, two interceptions, three sacks on third down. They come away with just three points in the second half after taking that twenty-one to three lead in the first half. I don't know a I've ever seen Patrick Mahomes look like Patrick Mahomes in the first half. And then look like somebody completely different in the second in the in the course of a quarter. It was a drastic difference.
7: Well, if you think about if you just kick that field goal, the field goal at the end of the game is to win the game, not to tie it.
1: Correct, correct,
7: yeah. And it goes back to the whole thing. I fought Andy Reid. I fought the enemy. I fought Tariq, Mahomes, all all the way across the board. But it starts at the top with Andy, like. Okay, we got one. You know, is either in the end zone or is out of the end zone. But we're not throwing nothing short because we don't have any timeouts. Right. And they're way too smart for that. Way too smart. You just scored the 13 seconds the week before.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm.
7: And then you come out here and you right here and you know the situation. Like, okay, I got three points. Cool. Let's kick this in, score this, and get the ball when we come out to have a chance to score again. Like you, that right there is just when it, when I've seen that I'm like this. As soon as it happens, I'm like this is gonna come back to bite them if they lose. Yeah, because the tale of two tapes always kind of happens in some shape, form, or fashion in the playoffs. I don't know why, just how the football guys kind of have it. But whether it's you know every year one team is down, and then they turn around the second half and comes back in some shape, form, or fashion in the playoffs and that was the game. And so um, great for Burrow and, um, you know, those Chase and those guys. But for their – they were running the ball well. I mean, just just the turn of events of just night and day of, like, the lack of energy and urgency. Yeah. I don't know if it's because they be like, okay, uh, you know, we've been through this before. Like it, Yeah, but that was a different team. <laughs> But you, know, you use no one seems the same.
1: You use the right word, and 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 I like the word you used, and it was arrogance. And and sometimes, you know, uh, when you talk about Andy Reid and you talk about, uh, you know, his history in the playoffs, it was arrogance because, like you said, they were running the ball well. They were getting almost six yards a carry with McKinnon and Clyde edwards hilaire and then they just stopped running the ball altogether. Uh, you know, Clyde edwards hilaire was barely on the field in the In the second half and and nothing against McKinnon um at all because he played really well throughout the entire playoffs, but when you got a guy that's averaging near six yards a carry, you want to get him some touches and shorten the game when you're when you're up eighteen points but yeah i I think uh, I think a lot of people you know in this wonderful Twitter reactionary world that we live in kind of said, you know just take the three points even with five seconds before they ran the play you know um but it, it it was it, it I, I like the word at the end of the day is arrogance and I think you hit it on the head it's like we're up 18 points we got this they haven't been able to stop us um until they did and then they didn't know how to react and and never never went back to the game plan and what was working for for a full half uh, of the game and um, you give you give a team like burrow you give a an offense that has that many weapons like Cincinnati does within the run game and the and the passing attack, eventually they're going to score points and and they came back and bit them.
7: Well, I will say this: the referees messed that game up. They missed two crucial personal foul on Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Yes, with they hit the punter, they hit the guy that caught the ball, and he came in and hit him. I'm like, dude, you you can't do that. That's a flag. That is a blatant flag. That is 15 yards. You, he's, He has the ball. He catches it. You hit him, wrap him up, and then throw your hands up. You can't do that, dude. That is 15 yards. You caught the ball on like the 10. That's the 25-yard line now. The next play, the guy runs out of bounds. He hits the guy well out of bounds. Well out of bounds. I mean, the guy's a step out of bounds. He hits him. And then he runs in there, that's 30 yards. So you go from the 25 all the way to the 45. You at the 40-yard line, and they got two first downs. So you're in field goal range right there. And that, to me, is people people don't even think about that play, but that is a momentum shifter. It shifts the field. It shifts everything. They end up punting from, like, the 40-yard line and punted it down or whatever. But with those 30 yards, they're in field goal range. And nobody's really thought about the, the refs, how they influence the game, although it shouldn't have came to that. But that is a key, I think it was the third or fourth quarter, it came out and they did that. That is, that is bad refereeing. When you have a guy, fair catch, I mean, it ain't like your eyes on someone else. The guy catches the ball, and you come up and you wrap him up and hit him, and you don't call anything.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can't even touch him. I mean you can't you can't even touch him on a fair catch. So I uh, I I'm with you. Uh somebody said that they didn't call it because uh of the flop afterwards that uh, that hardman made, you know, he kind of all of a sudden gave it a little bit extra when he flew to the ground, but it's like you can't the rule's pretty simple, you can't touch him at all. You know, it's not it's not whether not whether a guy decides to do a roll afterwards. It's right. like you know, and we and the wor- and, and one of the things when you bring up the refereeing that, that I noticed in the playoffs, I, I don't know, I mean you we'll never find the memo. It's almost like they told the referees stop with all the stop with all the ticky tack stuff. We we saw very few uh you know, not as many taunting, not as many unnecessary roughness. Um, uh, even in the I believe it was the San Francisco uh a uh, ram game uh the one guy they threw a flag but then they picked it up afterwards where there was a little bit of pushing and shoving afterwards um uh, right. on a play it just seemed i mean there were there were there were some helmet to helmets that they they blatantly missed um in in both games that they just it just seemed weird to me like you know we watch you watch the regular season they have points of emphasis um and they're calling everything and flags are up, and unsportsman's likes are are up all, and taunting is mm-hmm. up, and then all of a sudden it disappeared, like just like that. It's like uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna turn a blind eye to it. And I think a lot of that, unless it was blatant, I I, I just noticed that it, that the games in the playoffs were officiated differently.
7: Well, I'm waiting on them to call targeting on Cam Akers when he's running the ball, because the way he uses his helmet mm-hmm. to the crown of his helmet to attack people every single time he runs the ball in open field. He uses the crown of his helmet. He drops his head. He uses his crown of a helmet, and they're supposed to call it, and they have not called it. They haven't called it one time when he hurt Baker. Yeah. it should have been called in. What, two weeks ago when he played Arizona or whatever it was when they played, and they hit him, and knocked him out, and they had to take him to the hospital and do all of that? Dude he's using the top of his helmet like, and it's like if a defensive player does it, it's you know it's supposed to be called offensive players are supposed to be done the same way, and so it'll be interesting you know for the quote unquote safety of the game um if they're gonna call it on an offensive player because once you drop your helmet, what do I have as a defensive player besides dropping mine to try to protect me i don't I don't really know.
0: Do you think that this is something that should be, that, that teams should be allowed to challenge if they see it in the referees' miss? And, the, and the, the thing I think about is Fred Warner last night, uh, Matthew Stafford, after the play is, is the ball's well out of his hand. He, he's already gotten rid of it. He's just standing there. Warner comes up behind him, shows him from behind, and throws his helmet into his helmet. Do you think that, for, like you said, for the safety of the game and the safety of the players, they should be able to challenge, hey, you missed this. This happened, and this is a big deal?
7: Well, well, he will be fined.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah,
7: Yeah, he, he will be fined for it. Um, it. That play does not – because it was an interception, I think, was, or fumble yes, yes. or something. So it would have been a dead ball, you know, 15-yard penalty or whatever it is. You, you can't do it because then you allow – say, okay, I can challenge when you miss a hole. Right. Uh, so yeah. you start – if you start allowing one penalty – then you got to deal with the time frame of the game, because now you got these challenges that's going to come in. Um, it's not a reviewable play uh, because the games want to be finished three hours, three hours and one minutes, three hours ten minutes, wherever and there. And so your ta- your time frame for challenges start to kind of get a little tick tacky, and then those those cha- I'm not sure if people will use those challenges um, a whole lot of times. But I think they can um, maybe in a two-minute say, okay, the, everything is reviewable. Then yeah. they can do it in a two-minute area where the coach can't do it, but people from up top can do it. That might be a way, but for the whole game, I think it's too hard. Yeah. I think that's the whole, the error, um, the room for error in judgment, the room for error in how it's played. Some things get caught, some things doesn't. It's just the nature and a natural progression of the game.
0: Well, yeah, it, it certainly wasn't egregious, and it was something where I think if the referee saw that he's one, either one foul away from getting thrown out of the game, or it might have gotten uh, disqualified from the game right then and there. It was, like I said, it was egregious. Now, with the Rams and 49ers, the Daly's Rams, they don't have a first-round draft pick uh, since 2016, and they won't have one until 2024. They kind of needed to go out there and win this game and get themselves to a Super Bowl because that's why you trade away all those first-round picks. How important was it for the Rams franchise simply because of that fact to get back to a Super Bowl?
7: Well, I think it was important because it's your rivalry, one. Yeah. <laughs> Two, they beat you the last six times, I think.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they have.
7: And so a mental hurdle for McVay who I felt pressed Hmm. McVay did some very questionable challenges that he shouldn't have done timeouts. Like some of the things he was doing, he he was, it was like he was, he was, he was reaching a little bit and just trying to see something that wasn't there, especially with the fumble uh, that he challenged, I think uh, on one of the things. And it's like, who who's advising you when you see clearly that the ball is down and then it comes out that you should challenge that I mean it's it's not even it wasn't even close. Nope. It was like he was just trying to wish and hope for all these things and it was like, look, stay in the moment of the game. <laughs> Don't panic because I felt that Sean McVay panicked. I felt that he panicked up until, you know, things kind of got back into the groove where, okay, cool. What really happened was when Tart missed that interception, that was the game. They were ready to collapse. He missed the interception. They go down and score, and here you go. You're back into the game. Sean McVay is back into his groove, and he's doing his thing, and Odell Beckham, (laughs) by the way, uh, he's not a bad player after all. Yeah,
4: right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Who knew?
7: <laughs> you know, you know, everybody wanted to jump on. You know, uh, Odell Beckham, and you know, he's a bad this, he's a bad that. You know, I I've, I've been in that role before, and it's it's interesting when someone else writes the narrative, uh, and you don't know the story, and people just kind of jump on board. But luckily for him, he got a chance to go somewhere else, play, and show that. He's a good teammate. He's a good talent, and he he was able to prove that yesterday um, um, with the way he carried himself in the game and was productive and everything else. And now has a chance to um, to win a Super Bowl. Well,
0: yeah, you look at it. You got uh, Matthew Stafford, OBJ, um, Aaron Donald, and the and the Rams. They're taking on the Cincinnati Bengals with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon. The names go on and on. You got the red-hot Bengals who are playing with house money right now. You got the the Rams who right now are basically the the Yankees or the Dodgers of the NFL, just buying all the pieces to get back to a championship. Who you got in Super Bowl Fifty Six? You got the Rams. You got the Bengals.
7: Oh man! Well, you can't say that the Bengals are underdogs. They won the division. <laughs> they, they, you know, they, they, they. They don't like the underdog card. Um, they're in L.A. I'm not sure at the moment, but I will say that the borough then will come out on top. Yeah. Um, I, I feel that they can... Um, they make can make enough plays. I feel that they can run the ball, um, hopefully. You know, I'm not sure. I don't know, I take that back.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
7: <laughs> I take it's that tough, back man. because Cincinnati gave up nine sacks. Yep. Yeah. To the Tennessee Titans. And a lot of them came from inside. Yep. And so with that Aaron Donald, you have um, the guy from Denver. um, Von Miller. Von Miller. You have Akers. And Cooper Cup, how he gets so wide open, (laughs) I'm trying to figure out what in the hell are y'all thinking about singling up Cooper Cup against anyone. Um, He just, you know, triple crown, most receptions, most yards, most touchdowns. It's almost singling him up because of other – 22 times people played against him, they stopped him real good. Okay. See how that worked out for you. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm not sure what the 49ers had there, but yesterday the Bengals came and they protected. Both of them had one sack, right? Yeah. I think both of them had one sack. Um, So, I will say that the Rams, with Odell Beckham Jr. Um, and Cup, Cam Akers, Sean McVay cooks up something. If he doesn't panic <laughs> <laughs> if they get behind or whatever, um, they may pull it out with the home field advantage of being in L.A. and being in the you know, playing basically at home, um, and they should pull it out.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you. I think, I think the Rams got this one, guys. He is Adelius Thomas. You can follow him on Twitter at Adelius Thomas. Adelius. Before we let you go, can we plug anything for you today?
7: Grill Six Twenty, as always, man. Valentine's is coming up. Um, we do have a, a, a online deal that you can get um, online Valentine uh, Valentine's Day package. So you know you can order it right straight from our website, Grill Six uh, Twenty dot com, and um, for 99 bucks. Can't beat it. Get your Valentine's package, order it online, go there, take your wife out. What to you say? If the wife ain't happy, nobody's not happy. Oh, so. right.
0: Happy wife, happy life.
7: Yep, happy wife, happy life. So make sure your life is happy. Go out there and get you some Grill 620. Eat good, feel good, and then
0: she'll treat you good. <laughs> I like the sound of that, man. You have a great night and enjoy the Super Bowl, all right? I appreciate it. All right, take care. That was Adelius Thomas joining us for a segment here on Glenn Clark Radio. I do think uh, it, I was kind of with him. He was kind of talking me into maybe thinking the Bengals could do this, and then he said, wait. They gave him nine sacks of tight It's like, oh, yeah. They got a guy named Aaron Donald, yeah. another guy named Von Miller uh, on their roster. It could be a long day for Joe Burrow in that offensive line.
1: It could be. It could be. But, uh, you know, like he said, I mean, they did a better job uh, against KC, and KC's defense has been <coughs> excuse me have been playing really really well and getting after the quarterback and they did a better job um yesterday uh of protecting him i, I just i, I just is, have always gone back to and we'll see what happens and you know who's injured who's not and things like that but uh um i like the balance on both sides of the ball uh that 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 the rams have um and, and I, I worry I worry about the secondary a little bit um, for Cincinnati. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, you know, um, th- they struggle at times. I mean, we know that um, as much as we hate Eli Apple, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, he is a liability in one-on-one coverage. So, um, you know, we'll see. I just, uh, again, hopefully it's a good game. Everybody just pace themselves and, you know, uh, you know, we'll get there in two weeks and we'll have plenty of analysis, I'm sure. Of this football game.
0: All right. Well, uh, we will certainly see. It's going to be. We have a lot of time to talk about it between now and then. We do. We do. Two weeks. So, uh, coming up tonight. You don't want to miss "Stand the Fan, Charles, and Ross Grimsley host a special baseball roundtable with Adam Gladstone and Big League Chew founder Rob Nelson. You can join them live at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Or if you miss the show live, you can watch it tomorrow at PressBoxOnline.com video for the Stan the Fan Variety Hour. When we come back in uh, from the Big Bad Morning Show, we are going to have Jeremy Kahn joining us for his weekly segment It is a Monday morning edition of Glenn Clark.
6: That first sip,
0: that first bite,
6: Mm.
4: start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night.
5: The latest issue of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special annual Best of Issue on the cover. We celebrate Justin Tucker as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, honoring his historic on-field achievements, but also the unprecedented relationship he shared with Baltimore. Inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021, including Cedric Mullins' incredible season and the dominance of local Paralympic athletes. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including...
6: Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification? CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice, it's your career. Call 443 840 4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu/slash computer training. Window
0: Depot Baltimore provides the highest quality Pro Via windows, doors, and siding for all budgets. The best is finally affordable. Call them today for a free in home consultation at 410 941 3499. They also offer Zoom and FaceTime consultations in an effort to practice social distancing. A proud sponsor of the Tyus Bowser Show,
3: you can find out more at windowdepotbaltimore.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for
1: deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcast. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, welcome back to Glenn Clark Radio. We have, uh... Paul and Ken, no Glenn Clark today. He is out on assignment. I don't know if that's good or bad, but he's out on assignment. But joining us right now from the Big Bad Morning Show is Mr. Jeremy Kahn. Good morning, sir. I
4: wish I was out on
1: assignment. What is the I, know, I know. Is he doing anything fun or no?
4: Um,
1: I I think it's fun. I, I, I would assume it's sort of fun. We don't All know right. exactly what he's doing, but it sounded sort of fun. I think I think
0: he's out doing some kind of a commercial thing for FanDuel, and uh, now that now that we have gambling in the state of Maryland here, where um, I think he's again doing a little bit of a PR for Press Box. You got anything in the works there, Jeremy? You doing any PR over there? Doing any commercials yourself here?
4: Well, no. The like I guess once everything's officially legal, I'm supposed to be the FanDuel guy at the station. But um, again, that was supposed to happen. February, and then. Then in June, and then oh no, after football well, yeah. season we'll get it done. And then oh, back in January, yeah, you'll definitely be able to bet on the apps. And then now it's June again, so I'll just hold my breath until that comes. But I am looking forward to talking about Fanduel and, and betting on there. So,
1: so how uh, how yesterday turn out for you? I, I went one in one, um, took the points uh, with uh, with Cincinnati, and and I thought the Rams would handle that game a lot easier than it turned out to be, although if you look statistically they 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 dominated the football game, just not on the scoreboard. How how did it work out for you yesterday?
4: I did the same thing but I was on the opposite plays of you where <laughs> I had the 49ers plus three and plus three and a half and you know at halftime, well I, I should say with about five seconds left to go in the half, I was feeling really good about my Chiefs bet and the way that they wet the bed there and just one of the dumbest things I've seen and in fact uh the guy we all deemed to be the best quarterback in the league and such a difference maker, didn't know how many timeouts he had either, which was kind of ironic watching him hold up, to, trying to call for a timeout when they're out of him. Um, I saw a lot of boneheaded things in that game, which just drove me nuts. But, like, again, once we got to the point where it's like, okay, if they go to overtime, I'm going to lose my bet, I think I started pulling for Cincinnati and just wanted to see different blood. But I never want to lose. That was my lock. Uh, and I was, the funny thing was I was on the 49ers all week, and I said, man, I just I don't like the way the Bengals match up with the Chiefs. And, and that first half, I felt great when it was twenty-one to three, and you know they essentially scored on that little dump-off play to uh, Pirain. Right. Um, I, I just thought they were dead in the water, and and that gave them a little bit of life. And then getting the stop before the half really helped. But I, I can't even begin to tell you what adjustments that Cincinnati defense made to really slow things down for the Chiefs, or if it was just self-inflicted. But it was crazy. They only scored three points.
1: Yeah, it was crazy. They looked. I mean, I, I tweeted something tongue in cheek. I was like, "Okay, I've got to go watch the the men's soccer game now." That this game is over, and <laughs> and, and I, I sort of did the L because we've learned that there's no such thing as a game over. I, you know, you look at the You look at Cincinnati and what they did at halftime. The, to me, in, in in watching the game, the only thing that they really did different is that they they allowed their pass rushers. To actually go after Mahomes, and they got home a couple of times in the in the second half. In the first half, it seems like they were more concerned about just keeping him in the pocket and not letting the the crazy plays hurt them, which did anyway. Um, and I think they just made a, a, a concerted effort. Just you know what, we've been good at rushing the passer all year. We'll take our chances at this point because we're down by 18. So uh, that's the I didn't see anything on the back end that they really did. Um, too much differently, uh, but also uh, you know the the Kansas City. I mean, we you know Andy Reid can't help himself sometimes, and 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 I don't know if it's him or the enemy or 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 they share it, but you know to stop running the ball altogether. Um, you know, I, I it just it was working in the first half, and it was keeping everything off balanced for for Cincinnati, and they just went away from it entirely and put the ball in Mahomes' hands, which you know, never a terrible idea, but you you saw when when it doesn't work, it's, it's just you were given you were going three and out too many times. Yeah,
4: and you know, like an, another standpoint of that game too, is just talking about uh, feeling like it was over and, and all the things that happened in it. Like I, I have some serious questions. Like I just brought this up to somebody else, and, and and on on our show this morning, the first two throws from Pat Mahomes in overtime, like they targeted Demarcus Robinson. I don't remember him getting too many targets earlier on no. both those throws. No. The first one was. It looked like a shot put. I didn't see him get hit. I was wondering what happened. Did he kind of like stop, like he didn't want to make the throw? and he was It just kind of like sailed in the air, and you're watching it going, the hell was that throw? And the second one looked like miscommunication on the timing on that slant when he broke it inside. The ball was behind him. But they just looked in total disarray outside of that drive. And then even then, getting down there, playing, they were playing to win, but by trying to run the clock down and making it a foregone conclusion, they were going to get in the end zone. And then Pat Mahomes takes one of the worst sacks. And we keep forgetting about the fumble. You know, Butker makes the field goal, so it doesn't right. matter. But, um, I mean, what a terrible, terrible play that was trying to make something happen.
0: Yeah, the the, uh, the the whole thing, Pat Mahomes just didn't look like Pat Mahomes in the second half. We talked about it at length earlier in the show. He had those first four drives in the first half. You get three touchdowns. You're on the brink of scoring another one and the bonehead play calls. And then they couldn't do anything in the second half. How much of that was adjustments but the Bengals made at halftime, and how much of it do you think was more so? They got the momentum. They had that. Ele- they were only down by 11 like they were back in Week 17, and they thought, you know what? We've done this before. We
4: can do it again. We got this. Well, you've seen it because, like, like, I, I want to attribute both and not just, I mean, I'm straddling the fence here, but I do think Cincinnati made real adjustments because, honestly, you go back and look at the first game, this, it was almost the same exact thing except Cincinnati scored a little bit more during the regular season where you know casey's up at the half I think they were up double digits and Cincinnati uh, made some adjustments gives up what was that? I think it was 3 points in the first game um in the second half and they come all the way back and end up winning it and then they did the same thing here and and we saw like Tyreek Hill had I don't know it was three or four catches on the first drive of the game and then they kind of took him out um uh, you know he had he had the goofy play right before the half where he caught the ball but he didn't do much in the second half and, or if anything. And then it seemed like Kelsey kind of got it going Then he disappeared. And then he came back alive. What on that final drive? Uh, I don't know. I, I just don't know what it was and I don't want to take anything away from Cincinnati. They played a great game, but you know, like it, you, you see this happen all the time where I don't want to call it where the lights get brightest. Cause Pat Mahomes is not a guy that folds under pressure. He usually strives under that, but it did look like, like Cincinnati gained that confidence. We see it. I see it a ton in like March Madness where you kind of watch the worm turn where a team hits a big shot and another team misses it. You're like, damn, they know they're in this game. And then all of a sudden we watch what happens. And it's when we see those upsets, like this to me was a total mismatch on paper. Um, And in the second half, Cincinnati made it a game and then eventually won. So it was crazy. I I thought the night game would be way better um, with San Fran and the the Rams. But I still keep wondering, what, you know, George Kittle, if if he connects on that pass where he clears the linebackers, I think he takes that ball to the house early on in the game. And maybe that changes how the momentum goes, but they both just kind of kept letting each other hang around, hang around. And then we, we saw what happened. It very easily could have been, I think it was Ross Tucker tweeted out and said the narrative this morning, he intercepts the ball, Matt Stafford, uh, chokes in a big time game. Right. Um, you know, they win the game, Jimmy G, he's a winner, even though he didn't have a great game again, or, you know, they, uh, they, he drops the interception. Here we are talking about the Rams going to the Super Bowl and, Maybe it's great that they added Matthew Stafford and did all these things. You know, like the narrative changes on these singular plays of what actually happened in the game. Like Jimmy G being 2 and 0 this year in the playoffs, it's not a direct reflection of him. Um, you know, he didn't do enough to help his team win at times, but I don't I don't think he did enough that, to cause them to lose until we saw this and then the narrative will be written on him as well throwing an interception at that moment. We all have to remember it was third and 13. He needed to make something happen there and he was trying to throw the ball away so it wouldn't have been fourth and 20. Yeah, but, you know, uh, it was it was an ugly play, regardless.
1: It was an ugly play, and you know what was it? Tart who who dropped the interception? Yeah. And, and I mean, talk about having nightmares forever. Um, do you, Do you think that left a sour taste in his mouth? Uh, that maybe not. <laughs> that, no? that
4: uh, <laughs>
1: But but you know, I, it's like uh, you know, Jimmy uh, Garoppolo. I, my God, I mean, he gets away with more. Bad decisions than I've ever seen. I mean, there there must have been three. I mean, even Ramsey. I mean, it, it, before that, you you know, after the the one interception, Ramsey uh, drops the the interception. They could have gone back to the house to to oh, win, yeah. win it earlier. And then what what is with quarterbacks in their own? I've seen this more this year. Eight. I've seen Stafford do it, I've seen Murray do it, uh, Garoppolo oh, yeah, did Murray yesterday. Murray had
4: the really bad one on Monday night, right, on the playoff game.
1: Yeah, it's like what are these, deep in your own end zone, deep in your own territory or in your end zone, these underhanded backward, no look I'm just going to throw it towards the sideline passes. I, I I, just like, when he did that I'm like, I'm like, just take the sack you get another play. I mean, what, what are we thinking there? Well, <laughs> that, and this, it, Casey, it's so
4: funny because this is where I went back with when we talk about analytics and when we talk about these plays specifically. Because I'd be willing to bet you there was, I don't know, a dozen times or maybe even more. Let's just say a dozen times that quarterbacks threw that, that same exact pass you're talking about, either with the opposite hand or flipping it forward or trying to make some, you know, just trying to get rid of it as they're being pulled to the ground. And the great ones are able to do it quite a bit. And we never talk about those plays when it's incomplete. But we do, we've we had just now in the past three weeks two uh, two glimpses of what can go wrong and it's the worst possible outcome with one being a pick six and the other one essentially ending the game. Right. And and we, we don't talk about it afterwards. It's the same way I talk about analytics because when, when they go for it on fourth and short and they get it or they go for two and they get it, it never gets brought up the next day that, hey, they shouldn't have done that. It's only a results-driven thing. And I'm not saying people are wrong if you don't want to go for the twos and all that, but we only ever talk about it when they miss. We only ever talk about offensive linemen when they give up a sack, we don't ever bring up their name any other time. So it's just, I I think some of that's crazy and that we should look at those things more often than the success rate of how you do things. But clearly with this underhand flip, like it's even when we watch uh, the Chiefs, they run that goofy play to Travis Kelsey a lot of times where Mahomes will like almost like a soft pitch or softball, throws it underhand to him, and I'm going, was that really necessary? Like what was the point of that? And I I don't know, they ran it again on Sunday and it worked out with Kelsey – um, I think it was at the two-point conversion where he got in. But but there's, there's like, or maybe it's another play I'm thinking of. But we see them do it all the time, and it is it's a really goofy play that just happens to work for them until, obviously, it doesn't work.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now... With the uh with the San Francisco Forty ers and the LA Rams, the Niners have won six straight against them and then they they're in this game and they're in the game the whole way. You would think if you look at these teams on paper, the Rams are the better team on offense, on defense, they have the better players. Yet the the Niners seem to have their number and it almost looked that way again. How much of that is just it's a mental thing for this team, like this is the team we have to get past and they're the forty ers we just can't seem to do it, and how much of it is that the coaching is just scheming up the right things and the right
4: calls? Well, I think it just builds up in the media. Like, we were talking about, you know, Shanahan and McVay, kind of big brother, little brother. And, uh, you know, the stories were leaking out about all the things that Shanahan would have McVay do for him. Like, he was basically like his errand boy at times. Like, make sure this is done. And he's our quality control guy when they were with Washington. And it's been big brother, little brother. And it's not like the games haven't been close. Like, even the last regular season game, correct me if I'm wrong, went to overtime and ended on a field goal that San Fran happened to win. Maybe that's why Jalen Ramsey was ready to fight the kicker. He's probably thinking about him all game long, but, um, but no, like in, in all seriousness, the, the fact is like, sometimes it is just about matchup styles, make fights, and maybe it's something that the familiarity that Fran has, there's no nervousness coming in facing them. You, you, you know what they like to do. You know where they're going to go. It's still almost damn near impossible to stop Cooper cup. The guy's freaking ridiculous, but, but because of their pass rush, their pass rush, what in their running game is what allows them to do so many different things. And, yesterday they got away from running the football quite a bit in the second half and Debo Samuel wasn't and maybe it's because of that hit he took he wasn't getting those carries in the backfield after a while um but you know again I, I think there is something to being said about the familiarity with it and understanding the opponent maybe feeling like it's, it's a confidence boost knowing that you're going to play them because you've handled them six times in a row and now they they get over that hump it was kind of like the same thing with Lamar winning a playoff game and all the stuff that people would say about all these different quarterbacks that had never won a championship, and they finally do it, and everybody's like, well, that's all I wanted them to do. It's like, well, come on. I mean, there is some somewhat ridiculous criticism when it comes down to it when you have failures against a singular opponent or, uh, you know, whether it's playoff games, uh, championships, what have you, winning outside if you're a dome team, all those things. At some point, you have a good game and you win it, but I understand why that narrative is written and people like to to stack them up and sit here and talk about, oh, they can't do this, can't do that, can't do this, but, you know, I'm sure the Rams feel, look, they're in the Super Bowl, but Philly, I feel great getting that monkey off their back as well.
1: So, we talked about this pre-show, and since you brought them up, let's go down the rabbit hole. You brought up Lamar. Mm -hmm. Um, Ravens Twitter has been uh, kind of all over the place and kind of crazy for a week now um, about trading Lamar and what the future of Lamar is and do you pay Lamar and what it, what do you have to do with Lamar Jackson when it comes to the Baltimore Ravens and why hasn't this, if they really wanted to sign him, why why hasn't he been signed? And uh, somebody else brought up that the Ravens could be concerned about some off-field stuff um, in, the, in the circles that he hangs around with. Um, where are you on Lamar? Um, I, I, I'll, tell you, I'll say this, and I, and I said this three weeks ago. I know he doesn't have an agent. I, if I'm advising Lamar, I tell Lamar never to play another down for the Baltimore Ravens until he gets a contract. And I think the Ravens have to give him a contract because if you don't, you're admitting that you have no plan B and you're starting over. Because I don't, mm-hmm. there is no plan B. It's, it's, it, you're either going for. Well, he's forward, got all the leverage, right? Yeah, he's got all the leverage. Uh, you, you, and and I don't think the te- I don't think the team has a plan B. Like, like, there's no. no, like, if you don't sign Lamar, what what are you doing? you you've you've tried to quote unquote build around Lamar to make an indefensible offense that we heard for two years now, and now we have an injury filled season where Lamar struggled in his last three weeks that we saw him and finished hurt like everybody else. And all of a sudden we're trading the Ravens should trade Lamar and shouldn't pay him. I mean, this is crazy.
4: Well, you know, there, you're right. He has all the leverage. And I, I think uh, most of the Ravens fans would be pissed at us saying this, but like, yeah, he, he could easily hold out. Now, from what I've heard, he was offered a contract. Uh, they didn't sign it. And who knows With the Ravens history, you know, they've, I was right. told it was a very fair contract, whether or not it, that he was lowballed or not. And, and again, it depends on what you consider being lowballed, because I believe, when all said and done, that he's either going to have the most guaranteed money, the largest signing right. bonus, or have the most per year when this contract's over with, or somewhere in that range. Like whether it's a dollar more than Pat Mahomes, I remember this happened with what Favre, and then right. when he got paid, he Next had to get a, he had a certain number. Yeah, yeah it was like twenty two dollars more than whatever, whatever. You know, like these these things go on and. Uh, ultimately, for all the people, and I bet people had a backup plan through uh, Tyler Huntley's first two games, and then they saw him yeah. play two more, and they're like,
1: <laughs> "Right, yeah. Not
4: our guy." Yeah. Where are those people at right now that were screaming trade Lamar? Let's, right, they're let's still go with there. They're
1: still
0: around. I, I was I was yeah. in a Twitter beef last night with somebody saying that Huntley proved to be the better passer, and that they they can't they can't give any guarantees that Lamar needs to prove it. Uh, it, it like my my head exploded.
4: Yeah, it's so stupid. I- I'm tired of arguing with people about this. Like you. Until you don't have a quarterback, then you realize what it's like without one. Because you know what the sad part is? Everybody trashed Jimmy G throughout the playoffs. Uh, all the talking heads, myself included. You know what's going to happen? There's going to be four or five teams pawning over him in the offseason. He's going to get paid. He's going to get paid to go in and be a quarterback for one of these other teams. Because yeah. you know what? They don't have a quarterback. How would you like to be the Jets? What is it now? Eight eight years and then three times drafting quarterbacks in the first round to try to make something happen. and um you can go to other teams chicago's another one mitchell trubisky nope oh they go with justin Fields. we'll find out if they're happy about him hell the 49ers need to figure out like oh we're rebuilding let's go get this trey lance kid now they got him what would have happened if they went to the super bowl and won would they have pulled a ravens and let him right. walk and trey lance is our guy or you know it's just like all these things that get brought up it's the most important position on the field when you find one typically you pay them and like i'm not trying to listen to the injury history thing, cause up until this past season, I haven't had an issue with Lamar's injuries. And, and, by the way, he got hurt somewhat in the pocket, you know, eluding pressure in the pocket, mm-hmm. right. not out on a running play. And, and and I do think, like, those are legitimate concerns that people have. But you found him. In my opinion, you pay him. Uh, and I think he's going to get top dollar regardless.
0: I 100% think that you, that you have to pay him. and I, I, You said that he all, it was offered a contract, and for what you're hearing, it was fair. It fair is in the eye of the beholder, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so what is fair to Lamar Jackson and what is fair to the Baltimore well, Ravens isn't the same yeah. thing, right?
4: And that's the point. Like the so, if it's because the only reason I bring up that it, it was a fair contract because we've heard of the, the Ravens completely lowballed Flacco and then they ended up yes. overpaying for him significantly because he bet on himself and he won. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know these are the things that happen, and we've heard stories about the Ravens. The whole Dennett can theory like uh, Big Daddy. You know, they're over there trying to get their discounts. They got their coupons out. Hey, who can we sign right now? Oh, Sammy Watkins is there. No, oh, oh, who's left? We'll get a Derek Wolf. You know, they, they do this all the time. But um, but when it comes down to it, I'm just saying that from what I was told, it wasn't some low ball offer to try to get them to come in. It was market value right along with the other guys. Maybe it's not higher than them, but they were trying to get it done. But KG's right. I mean, he has all the leverage if he decided to be that guy saying, I'm sitting out. Or he could look at it another way, saying, "If I go in and improve myself, I should be the highest-paid quarterback in the league. And if the Ravens aren't going to do it in a year or two, because you know you're going to play the franchise game, uh, he's going to be that." So um, I just think you pay him. I, I, I can't play these games with him. I, I want to get it done, get it over with, and then see where, see where everything is at after that.
1: I mean, I, I look at I look at Kansas City, and and we've we've had what uh, Mahomes is going into his sixth year, seventh year, yeah. Something no, like that, but oh,
0: no. This, uh, this is this was only his. Uh, he's going. Yeah, he's going into his sixth year. Okay,
1: so this year's cap hit for Mahomes was seven point four million. Okay, makes everything easy. Mm-hmm. Next year's cap is thirty five million. The cap after that is twenty three million. Like the Ravens have to start looking at windows. Like if you want to get this. With Lamar, you need to sign them, and you need to make sure the cap number works for the next two, three years before it explodes. And
4: my assumption is they do the same type of contract that Mahomes has, where they backload it and get themselves two years at a fair price, maybe two extra years, including next year, if they can. But again, they all escalate up to those numbers you're talking about.
1: Yeah, eventually you do it, and and that's why I've been I've been saying, you know, and Glenn always made fun of me. I said the the window isn't as I know you got Lamar. But the window isn't as open as everybody wants to make it seem like nope. it was, and it sucks that this year you lost one of those open years with all the injury craziness uh, that happened. Um, and I just i i don't i don't get i don't get, I don't get the Ravens fans at this point. I don't I I, I I i don't i don't know. Watching the last two games with Lamar Huntley made it made it like, well, he can be our guy, or we need to go in a different direction. It made me see, if, if anything, it's making you see, uh, yeah, um, Lamar's the guy and needs to be the guy because we don't have another guy.
4: Yeah, We had, at KV, we had somebody call in, and, and this is my point when it comes to fandom, and they said Mike McDonald's a terrible hire. And I said, okay, why?
1: Yeah, why? Well, because
4: he doesn't fit well here. Well, why doesn't he fit well here? Because I don't like the defense he ran. Well, what kind of defense did he run? Well, I didn't watch a lot of Michigan games. I just didn't think they were really good defensively. Well, the fact of the matter is they, they were, were awesome. <laughs> outside of when they played Georgia and Georgia, right. who primarily ran roughshod over everybody, beat them up a little bit. And even then they still got some stops along the way. Okay. But this is my point is that people have their mind made up of what they like and what they don't like, and they don't even know the guy. They don't even know what he does. It's the same thing when some of these coordinators get brought up. Like, Why would you bring this guy in? Well, you haven't seen him. Like Nobody knew about John Harbaugh outside of the fact that he was Jim Harbaugh's brother when he came over as a special teams coordinator from the Eagles and got hired here because Jason Garrett's wife was scared of the wire. You know, it's like <laughs> all these things play out, and, and sometimes fans, they, they can be just that fanatical and not honestly look at things. Like, I don't, I don't know enough about Mike McDonald to tell you it's a terrible hire, and I, I guarantee you, I watch more Michigan games than most of the people out here, except maybe some of your Michigan fans. So, uh, you know, it's, just, it's kind of crazy when people just start to poke holes, like, I don't like this guy, I don't like that, and I don't want this. The same thing when uh, it it becomes like revisionist history where fans are like, oh, my God, Lamar had a terrible game. Well, he got hurt last game. He's always hurt, and he always plays bad in these conditions. We need somebody else. While Tyler Huntley looked average at best, he's got to be better than him. I saw him throw the ball downfield in a key situation. It was like when people were screaming about Trace McSorley throwing a 70-yard touchdown pass to Hollywood Brown against the Steelers, when in actuality it was about a nine-yard pass. The guy fell down and took it to the house.
1: I have, (laughs) I have, I've, I've, I've run into people that have told me that the the that the Ravens made a mistake when they let Trace McSorley go and they that he should have been the backup and that he could have been the guy and, and I was like you you know McSorley can't throw, right? Well yeah. he looked pretty good and I was like, no, he didn't. He threw a five yard pass and somebody ran it for sixty five more yards. I was just yeah. like you, you fall in love with these guys and it's like it's like it, it if you don't like Lamar, just say I don't like Lamar. I don't like his style of, of play. I, th- I don't think you can win. I don't think he's, he's, if you want to say to me he hasn't progressed as a passer enough uh, for me and, and, and I don't see it getting any better, okay, that's fine. That's fine. But don't, don't say that he shouldn't be the guy because Huntley looked better than he did for a quarter for a, for a game and a half. Um, and that and that, Big Sorley threw a five yard pass and looked good in one game. It's like let's let's like there's one of one, and he's the one. And it's either you're 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 all in or you're all out on him. And that's I, I, that's where I am with the Ravens with him yeah. at this point. It's either you're all in or you're trading them and you're drafting a quarterback um, this year because this is should be as high as you are ever in the next five years.
4: Jeremy. Well, you know the the and and just lastly with this with Lamar like and and I get it from people that are there, there's like five or six maybe the maybe the list is growing with some of the guys we've seen. Let's just say there's ten quarterbacks in this league that are just special. That you watch them and and you're like, oh my god, we have something here. And some are a little bit better in other areas than other. You know, we can go on and on and on and talk about what they do great. Like I just sat here and watched Joe Burrow have two or three gigantic runs. In yesterday's game, yep. um, I saw Matt Stafford take off once and pick up a big first down where these guys are considered more prototypical pocket passers. And, and maybe that changes throughout their career. They don't become the runners they were. People talk about Pat Mahomes isn't the runner you know that uh, Josh Allen or even a Lamar is. And, and that's true, but in moments they show their athleticism. Mm-hmm. Lamar's special, and you can sit here and talk about his ability to throw and you don't like how he regresses and throws sidearm. I don't believe in wins with quarterbacks. I've, I've stated this time and time again. I do think they're a direct reflection on wins and losses, but by no means should they get that by their name. Uh, but when you look at Lamar, he's he's the one constant in why they're actually in games and have chances yeah. to win. Like this was, he, he goes out and they lose seven games in a row. It's just You look at things like that, and they're not seven games that they all got blown out. They got blown out in a couple of them. But they were in a few of those where you feel like if Lamar's there, he finds a way to – eke that one out. And with Justin Tucker to, to bail him out on the back end, if you can't get in the end zone, you always have a nice little uh, you know, a, a nice little gem there to, to try to steal yourself three points at any given moment in the game. So I, I just think they got to get it done.
0: I, I think they do, too. Now, Jeremy, I think that we can all agree on this. The biggest issue that we haven't even talked about yet is the fact that you mentioned new def- defensive coordinator Mike McDonald, and we didn't get a Jeremy Kahn, Michael McDonald impression.
4: Oh yeah, we. So I, I, I said the greatest thing is, uh, um, if he showed up and he actually talked like Michael McDonald sang, <laughs> where like, you know, you, you got what? The one that we keep playing is, I keep, okay, not in love anymore. You know, I we keep doing that over and over again. But I am going to have so much fun with Mike, and I'm sure he goes by Mike instead of Michael. But yeah, uh, I would make a purpose if I get a chance to interview to say Michael McDonald. It's nice to talk to you. Maybe find out what his favorite Michael McDonald songs are. Um, which i'm sure that'll get old really really, really fast he's
1: yeah he's, he's 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 younger than we are, you know yes he's you young, know he's he made, <laughs> younger than me you know he 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 main, he you know they they just like uh uh oh the actor that passed away um bob Saget? no yesterday uh the w k r p guy
4: oh the oh god which is, i i forget his real name okay all
1: the time, but, but but people are like like you mean from head of the class, and I'm like, well, you know, we have an age disparity here. Yeah. Um, you know. The that, teacher
4: from head of the class? No, 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 he was in WKRP. He was WKRP.
1: It's like, it's like it, it all. it all depends on how old you are. <laughs>
4: well, that's, and it's funny about that, too, because, like, no matter how upset Mike McDonald gets over having the same name as Michael McDonald, it can't be any worse, and I know he did a bit on it, but. If, if we can't sit here and say Jerry Sandusky lost the, the, the lottery on getting names of <laughs> oh, the same no, name yeah. as somebody else. Yeah. like I, I mean, I could rename myself Ted Bundy, and I, he'd, still, he'd still be worse off than I was. Yeah, so, uh, that's um, 100%. It's, it's pretty rough. But I, I did like the bit he did on uh, Comedy Central about people with the same names as, as awful human beings.
0: <laughs> yeah. so, I, I missed that. I, I, didn't, I didn't get a chance to see that. You have to look it up. It uh, yeah.
4: want to Was it a Daily Show thing? You'd have to look it up, but Sandusky was in it, and he did a he, – look, he's a great guy. Yeah. He did a masterful job on it because – I mean, to make you laugh your ass off, you're like, I feel terrible for all of these people that have the same name, as I said, as an awful human being. Yes, yes, yeah. Absolutely.
0: Um, so you guys can you can follow Jeremy. He's at JeremyCom1057 on Twitter. Jeremy, what do you got coming up on the Big Bad Morning Show this week?
4: Yeah, we're in all week. Um, you know, we're, we're obviously going to be going over the playoffs, the Super Bowl coming up. I know the Hall of Fame's right around the corner, and, and we're all waiting for – Harbaugh press conference, Mike McDonald press conference, and Eric DeCosta press conference. We'll probably walk away not knowing anything new and just yeah. feeling like, did they answer our questions or not? But we'll be talking about that quite a bit. And you know, I'm already I'm already all over the Rams in the Super Bowl. I just think this is the perfect spot for him. But we'll uh, I know we'll have plenty of time to talk about that down the line as well.
0: Absolutely, Jeremy. Thanks so much as always for coming on for your weekly segment. We'll talk to you next week. All right.
4: Yeah, man. I'll see you guys. All right,
0: Jeremy Kahn joining us for his weekly segment, as always, every Monday here on on Glenn Clark Radio. Today's show is brought to you by Glory Days Grill. This is your last chance to take advantage of Glory Days Grill's special seasonal menu for those comfort food classics you love. But fear not, the delicious smoky thigh wings are still going to be around for a while. You can get your orders in right now at glorydays.com. Uh, Ken, I'm sure Jeremy's going to be pl- placing some money on some college basketball coming up here. I'm, I'm sure he's going to be placing some bets on the Super Bowl. How can fans that can't do stuff on their phone um, still bet in the state of Maryland legally?
1: Uh, well, you can go to Underdog and at uh, Underdog Fantasy on uh, on Twitter, underdogfantasy.com on your uh, World Wide Web device. Uh, it's great stuff. I mean, you can do... Parlays, uh, two to five different uh, players. Uh, you can win up to twenty times your money if you if you only want to bet two of them. You can win three times your money. So, um, you know, over under type things. Um, you can even do rivals, which is you know, uh, would Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes throw for more yards in yesterday's game? Things like that. Um, they really expanded uh, for the play for the. Uh, championship games yesterday and the in the different uh there are different props that you could bet on i'm sure the super bowl will be absolutely incredible but between now and then you can still do the nhl you can still do uh major league baseball they do if you're into soccer or golf if those are your things you can do uh player props on those as well um and the best part is if you have not signed up yet, you can sign up right now. Uh, go to at underdogfantasy or Underdog or underdogfantasy.com. Put in the code PRESSBOX on your first deposit, and you will get matched up to $100 on your first deposit. If you only want to do 50 if that's what you can do, we'll match $50, so on and so forth. But it's a lot of fun, and if you're nutty like me, you can already start doing some best ball for the NFL for 2022. So what is
0: what is best ball? You you've said this a number of times so but best I don't so, know what it means. So
1: best ball is simply a draft. You have twenty rounds and there's no there's no uh, there's no waiver wire, there's no trades. Mm-hmm. You, you you just play your your best team every week and they and whoever gets the most points at the end of the year wins uh, wins the league. So it's a lot of fun um it's a way you know we always say that the the draft is the best part of fantasy football sometimes um And the most fun, well, you can do that in best ball leagues. And um, had a lot of fun with uh, the 2021, which are all done. Uh, but I'm now on my fifth 2022. And obviously the ones right now don't have any of the incoming rookies in it. We're just playing off what we know from last year. And, we, you know, like I just drafted a guy like Calvin Ridley. I don't even know where he's going to play next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are I'm sure people that have already done – best balls that have completed and have Tom Brady and he may be retired. So it's just kind of the luck of the draw with that type of stuff. But uh, a lot of fun, get in early, get in, you know, uh, if you think DK, uh, J.K. Dobbins is going to come back and be a uh, top running back, then go grab him in the second and third round of a, of a best ball draft and, and see where that winds up.
0: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big J.K. Dobbins uh, guy myself, too, so that might have to be uh, one of the bets I place there on underdog. Uh, we're gonna come back in here after the break. We're get Tibbet and we're gonna get Tubular to close things out here on Glenn Clark Radio.
3: Duffy's Garage is a family-owned and operated car care facility in beautiful Baldwin, Maryland, an authorized Maryland inspection station and Napa Pro Care Center with ASE-certified techs. Tell them that Glenn Clark sent you and receive 10% off your service with a max discount of $150. You gotta trust where you take your car, so take it to where I take mine. Duffy's Garage in Baldwin. DuffysGarageMD.com
8: from all of the biggest games to the smallest events, make every bet worth your while at MyBookie. Start by doubling your first deposit instantly with MyBookie's first deposit bonus up to one thousand dollars. Double your money before you even place a bet, and all you have to do is sign up and deposit using the exclusive promo code PressBox at MyBookie.ag. If your first deposit is a hundred dollars, MyBookie adds one hundred dollars, so you can start with two hundred dollars to play with. If your first deposit is a thousand dollars, MyBookie adds one thousand dollars, so you can start with $2,000 to play with. With tons of great games and prop bets to take advantage of this week, there is truly something for everyone. Don't wait any longer. Head to MyBookie today to redeem your double deposit bonus so you can start winning big today. That's promo code PRESSBOX to receive double your first deposit instantly in your account. No hassle, no wait. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.
0: It's another cold winter here in Baltimore, but this time there's no hot stove to warm you up. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and while there may be no activity in the world of baseball, I'll still be here every week with my co-host, Zach Goodman, to give you all the latest in the CBA negotiations as teams look to get back on the field in time for spring training. You can watch us live every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports and listen at pressboxonline.com radio. So tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon for the latest in baseball coverage right here
3: on the Bataround. Glory Day's Grill's winter seasonal menu is back with comfort classics like their house-made meatloaf and short rib grilled cheese. It also features the center-cut sirloin with grilled shrimp, the char-grilled pork tenderloin, grilled meatloaf sandwich, smoky thigh wings with Alabama barbecue sauce, and a Brussels and bacon appetizer. All of these items pair well with Devil's Backbone 8-point IPA or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. And try their seasonal cocktails Blood Orange Bourbon Cider, Apple Ginger Mule, and Captain's Hot. Find out more and get your order in today at glorydaysgrill.com. Great food, good sports
0: window depot baltimore
3: provides the highest
0: quality pro via windows doors and siding for all budgets the best is finally affordable call them today for a free in-home consultation at 410 941 3499 they also offer zoom and facetime consultations in an effort to practice social distancing a proud sponsor of the tyus bowser show you can find out more at window
1: we can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR Live. It's at Facebook.com slash Sports And try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. Welcome back, uh, Glenn Clark Radio. You can also uh, find us uh, when that was done. We're also on YouTube, so you can also find out if we're wearing pants on YouTube. Uh I am. I I haven't seen Paul today, but uh, Glenn Clark Radio Show is uh, brought to you by Exxon Mobil One. Mobile One Full Synthetic Motor Oil helps extend your engine's life. Visit local Jiffy Lube Service Center and ask for Mobile
0: One. And Ken, you are you are lucky. Anytime we have, so I'm I'm co-hosting the show with you today. I Co-hosted yes. it a couple weeks ago with Stan. We have a couple of interns. Anytime somebody new is in the, is in the office. I wear pants, so okay. you, you got the lucky draw today, Fantastic. and and, and, I, and I'm wearing pants. Fantastic. So I'm um, I don't want to do a show without acknowledging Maryland basketball. Look, there's nothing interesting going on with that team. They're not very good. Um, they lost uh, over the weekend to uh, Indiana. Really, they got outclassed. By Indiana, especially in that second half of the game. Uh, a couple of decent wins versus Rutgers and Illinois. They, this team, they live by the three. They die by the three. They mostly die um, these days. I think they shoot under 32% as a team, something like five for 32 the other day. Just keep hoisting the rock up, even though they're not hitting these shots. Um, I guess really the only interesting thing about this team right now, Ken, is their coaching higher. And, you know, I feel like it's imp- it, f- for the Ravens, the Ravens' identity is. Um, defense so they need to get the higher right when they go out and they get a guy like Mike McDonald for the terps they absolutely have to get this higher right uh, because this is a this is a basketball program that just hasn't been really relevant for a pretty good a good long while now
1: well I I don't know if relevance the right word um,
0: nationally I mean they'll get to a tournament but they don't they don't do much once they get they, there
1: they, they have not under turgeon they did not move forward and you know what was it he went to 6 of the last 7 NCAA tournaments or something like that mm-hmm. but never getting into the sweet 16 and and that's that's where this program um should be getting and um at least from an old Maryland basketball fan as I am I mean that's what you were expected to do if not compete for national championships and it just hasn't happened and they do need to get it right and I don't know I don't know what that means and, and i'll be honest with it i don't know i don't know what it means i don't know if it means bringing in an established uh program um builder uh somebody that's uh has been established of always taking teams to uh final fours and things like that or it's the next hot shot young guy that you know is ready for to run his own program at a big time level i don't know what it means um I know what the result needs to be. Uh, you need to find somebody that can recruit, that can keep some kids locally here. Um, and the offensive philosophy of this basketball team needs to change. It's been boring basketball for a decade. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just is. I, I'm, I'm a defense. I, I, I coach basketball. I, I coach defense first. But you've got to be able to score. And if you're not going to be a, an up-tempo team, you better have a good half court set. Maryland's had neither for a decade, so we'll see what that is. I, I I've seen all the names, the Sean Millers. I've seen the Patinos. You know, yeah, they come with baggage. They also win. Yeah. So I'm not against it. Um, I'm not going to pretend I know some of these younger guys and whether they're ready to 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 take uh, a program like Maryland to the next step. But I agree with you. Got to get it right.
0: Yeah. Now, is this something, like you said, you know all the names, is this something where I can go down to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel and
1: place a bet on who the next Maryland coach is going to be? I would assume you could find it. I I mean, I, different books are different ways, but I'll assume you could find that.
0: Yeah, yeah, well... Uh, Maybe I'll go down there check out one of those 51 kiosks that they have, those self-service yeah. kiosks. And uh, while I'm down there, catch a few games with all the action from the best seat in the house. And maybe I'll even reserve a spot to watch the big game in the FanDuel Sportsbook by going to, by emailing events at sportssocialmd.com to reserve my seat for the big game. I guess we can't say the name of the game, but the big game. The big game. game. The itself.
1: Big. The, big, the big game. All okay. Right. I'll have to remember that. <laughs> the,
0: the big game. All right. So uh, next up, we got a we got a tidbit going on here. Uh, tidbit is brought to you by the latest print edition of Press Box, which is available now. And then there's our very special annual. Best of issue. On the cover, we celebrate Justin Tucker as our Mo Gavis sports person of the year, honoring his historic on-field achievements, but also the unprecedented relationship he shared with Baltimore. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021, including Cedric Mullins' incredible season and the dominance of local Paralympic athletes. Press box is available for free at over five hundred area locations, including sixty Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as a. Best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at pressboxonline.com.
1: All right. This is for you. Oh, this is for me. You guys set me up all the time for this when I'm in. Uh, I, honestly, I don't know, I don't know as much as you all think I do.
0: I, I, I believe you know this though. Okay. I believe okay. that you know this. Okay. All right. With the Bengals victory over the Chiefs in yesterday's AFC championship game, they erased an eighteen point deficit. Okay. And while that may have been the largest deficit ever overcome in a conference championship, it does not crack the top five of playoff comebacks all time. What are the five greatest comebacks in NFL playoff
1: history? Yeah, I don't know this. Um, obviously, the Super Bowl, um, New England, and Atlanta.
0: That is the third highest, 25 points in, tw- in the 2016
1: season. I am so bad at this because I, I'll remember games once you tell me, but I, I'm terrible at remembering them. Um, wasn't there a Seattle game? Didn't they come back? Is it Seattle? It's not Seattle. Not, not in the
0: top five. Uh, one of the hints I can give you is that um, the fourth highest comeback, there's, two, there's uh, two games that are tied for that th- to round out the top five. I'm
1: terrible at this. And, and we, could, we could pretend that I'm going to get these, but I'm just going to wa- stop wasting your time. Oh,
0: oh, well, let me give you one more hint. Give me a hint. Um, a Maryland guy was involved in the biggest comeback. Okay, well, the Frank Reich.
1: The Titans Buffalo.
0: Oh, t- Titans Buffalo. That was thirty two points. Houston led thirty five yes. to three with eight fifty three remaining or, in the third quarter.
1: Or Oilers.
0: Frank Reich's current team was another one. Colts. Mm-hmm.
1: mm Hmm. Who the Colts play? It was in twenty fourteen. I was going to say it's been a l- it's been a little bit. It's been six seven years. <sighs> Did they? Oh. Uh, tell me who it is. Tell
6: me
0: who it play. was. It uh, Colts forty-five, Chiefs forty-four. Yes, yes. Kansas City led thirty-eight to ten by twenty-eight points with eleven forty-eight remaining in the third quarter, and that, the Colts that, came back yes. and won that game.
1: Yes, that was nuts. That that's the w- what was it? There was a weird play in that one that turned it around. And, oh my god, it was such a such a crazy play. By the way, Frank Reich, Frank Reich, the, his comebacks are just legendary. Yeah. College and pro. Just amazing. Yeah. Like one guy does those two comebacks. I remember watching the Maryland-Miami game comeback. I left.
8: That's why I
1: don't leave games early. No, no, no. no, I I wasn't at the game. I was watching it on TV because Miami was actually my favorite team. And I, my mom, how old was I? I was a teenager. My mom said to me, Goes, we gotta go out. I was like, no, Maryland's playing Miami today. I was like, we're not going out. And halftime, she's like, can we go? Now, I was like, yeah, we can go. So we went out, ran in there, and I wound up watching the end of the game in a Sears in the TV section.
0: In a Sears. In a Sears. Wow, that's okay. how that's how
1: long ago it was when they had things like Sears and they had you you bought TVs from Sears and things like that. I wound up watching the end of the game, Miami, Maryland. At a Sears, and she's like, "We're ready to go." It's like, nope. It's like you pulled me away once. I said, "We're here. Go, go shop for something else. <laughs> go, go, go shop and go, go buy my Christmas go. presents. No, no, just go." I was like I'm not leaving again. I'm not missing the end of this game, this historic game again. I miss. I missed most of the comeback. I'm not watching. I'm not missing the end of it.
0: I was at an Orioles Royals game back in. I want to say it was 2011, and. The, the, the Orioles were losing this game something like four to nothing, three to nothing. And it's the eighth inning, and they haven't done anything <laughs> offensively. They haven't done anything. And I'm sitting there with my dad and my Uncle Mike. And y- you haven't sat in on the shows where I've brought up my dad to Glenn. My dad is the eternal Baltimore pessimistic sports <laughs> fan. Okay? And my Uncle Mike is ten times worse. Oh, my God. And my, my, my dad, God love me, he's my best friend, but I'll be watching games with him, and he gets on, and he gets on my nerves. So with my Uncle Mike, and I'm sitting next to both of them at this game, and they're talking about how bad the Orioles are, it was hell on earth. But then they tried to get up and leave. And I said... I'm we can't leave the, this is the Orioles and th- they're down 3 nothing we can't leave and they're like no they they haven't shown anything they're not coming back i said if we leave and adam jones hits a walk off home run in the ninth inning i will never forgive you and so they said fine we'll stay what happened Adam Jones hit a walk-off home run in the bottom of the ninth inning, and they were <laughs> breathing a sigh of relief. Oh, I, I know all too well, funny. my
6: man. That's funny. All
0: right, so we've got uh, we've got to do some Tubular now, tell, talk about what's coming on this evening. Uh, tubular is brought to you by CCBC. If you need to hone your computer skills to boost your career or maybe you want an IT certification, CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And this is the important part, Ken. It's all free. tuition free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Kyle's voice sounds so much better saying that yeah, than okay. mine does. That's Call four four three eight. 840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training to find out more. Uh, in the world of sports tonight, we have some college basketball. Locally, Morgan State's taking on University of Maryland Eastern Shore on Flow Hoops. That's at 730. Um, Coppin State is taking on Delaware State at 730. That's on dsuhornets.com. You can catch Duke and Notre Dame at 7 o'clock or v- West Virginia Baylor at 9 o'clock on ESPN. Um In the NBA, you have the Heat taking on the Celtics at 7.30 on NBA TV. In the NHL, Uh, on the NHL net, you have Panthers, Blue Jackets at 7 o'clock. And then tonight on USA at 8 o'clock, fallout and backlash from the Royal Rumble, you have WWE Monday Night Raw. For non-sports stuff tonight... um, We're looking at, uh, you have Celebrating Betty White, America's Golden Girl, 10 o'clock. I I can't believe that's airing at 10 o'clock, because I feel like people that are going to watch it don't want to watch something at 10 o'clock. You also have the Tonight Show starring uh, Starring Jimmy Fallon. They're featuring Tariq Trotter and Anita as a musical guest tonight. Um, adopting Adults Adopting Adults sounds interesting on A&E at, t- at 10 o'clock. Um, American Dad uh, tonight at t- on TBS at 10 o'clock. Snowpierce at 9 o'clock on TNT. And on Hulu, the series premiere of Monarch. All right, that's going to do it for us here on Glenn Clark Radio. I want to spend a special thanks out to our guest Dan Wilcox, Adelius Thomas, and... And Jeremy Com for joining us. Uh, you can find all those clips in the greatest hits section of the archives on the website. Uh, thanks to our sponsors and partners at CCBC, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, uh, ExxonMobil, Great Eight. No, I'm sorry, Live Casino Hotel, Underdog Fantasy Football, Duffy's Garage in Baldwin, Great Eights Memorabilia, Wendo Depot, your local Toyota dealers, dealers, and BuyAToyota.com, and my bookie. I got to tell you, when Glenn used to say my bookie, I thought it was an actual bookie that he had, and he was like, look, you don't have to pay me as long as you talk about me on your show. Uh, You can catch our show tomorrow. We're going to be doing our local college lacrosse preview. Uh, As for me and Ken, he's Ken Zalas. I'm Paul Valley. Thanks for tuning in to Glenn Clark Radio today. See ya!